0: Well, hello there, Kansas City. Stephen St. John here with this week's episode of Hot Mike with SSJ. Thank you so much for watching us. And, again, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, uh, be sure to like and subscribe, and you can get alerts whenever there's a new episode of Hot Mike. Uh, And also you can listen on uh, whatever your favorite podcast platform is, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever. Uh, Be sure to subscribe and you can get updated whenever there's a new episode. We appreciate you uh, watching tonight. This is our first show that's going to be live on location tonight. Uh, and so we're real happy to be here at uh, J. Rieger and uh, Company Distillery. Uh, it is an awesome, awesome place to come and enjoy yourself for a happy hour, to have a company event, to have a podcast. I'm enjoying a delicious horse feather uh, from here at uh, J. Rieger. Uh, and uh, we're going to have a great time tonight. And you've heard me talking about this on Sports Radio 810 uh, WHB, that we've been planning this as a, a special Mizzou podcast because uh, Jay Rieger was releasing something very special that Mizzou fans are going to love. They've uh, done that today on social media, but I think I'm the first person maybe to get my hands on it to be able to show everyone here uh, what it looks like. And it's, gonna be, it's available right now, all right, on shelves everywhere, both sides of the state line, because there's some Missouri fans in Kansas too. You better believe it. Look at this. Would you look at this beauty right here? Oh, my God. Six columns, straight bourbon whiskey with the iconic Mizzou logo and that big paw up there. What do you guys think of this? I got uh, former uh, Mizzou tight end and, uh, and power forward is what we'll call them for the basketball <laughs> <laughs> we're already, we're already Basketball team. Andrew Jones and also uh, former linebacker for the Missouri Tigers, Brock Christopher, is my first two guests tonight. Fellas. Uh, those bottles are your gifts uh, for coming down here. Uh, what do you think of the uh, beautiful uh, six columns straight bourbon whiskey bottle from Jay Rieger and Company that celebrates the Missouri Tigers? How about that? It's, hey, Andrew, it's let me beautiful. take this. It's beautiful.
1: Let me take this. First of all, Power
0: Forward is a—it's a stretch, right? I couldn't think. I know. I know. Like I know that we we, we talk about positionless basketball now. So I really couldn't. That's think right. About More position. like a Draymond Green. Right. That's exactly right. He's you're a stretch four. How about that? He said it's a stretch. Stretch four. You just compare yourself. <laughs> hey, I'm LeBron. We're the same. It's fine. The defensive intensity. So what do you guys think of the bottle? No, it's it's awesome.
2: beautiful. I don't even want to drink it. it. Looks so good.
0: But something tells me you might though.
2: Well, I'm already right. drinking this beautiful glass right, right next to it. So.
0: so how about this? This is one available on shelves everywhere, your favorite store, liquor store, wherever you get your liquor. Go and get the six columns uh, uh, bourbon whiskey from Jay Rieger & Company. Available right now. And you can come down here to the distillery and purchase a bottle if you'd like. And I'm going to sit this right here so you can feast your eyes on that. And so, fellas, thanks for coming down here. I had a chance – Uh, I see Andrew from time to time. I think last time I saw you was at a St. Pius X football game. And then the last time I saw you, Brock, was at the uh, Gary Pinkle uh, charity event down in Columbia the night before that fucking LSU game. Uh, I say that because they lost and the way they lost. But it's fine. But that night, it was a great night. Uh, And so, fellas, uh, let's start with, uh, with you, Andrew Jones. Update the Mizzou fans out there. Of course, you were a Smithville product, and you stayed local. And so tell people what uh, what, what uh, Andrew Jones is up to now. Living in Parkville, uh, three
2: kids. Uh, Henry's one. Georgia is four, almost five, and Carly is almost seven. Uh, my wife is the uh, St. Therese Vikings first grade uh, girls basketball coach this oh, yeah. year. So we're having a lot of fun at practice. Uh so. Last Friday night, she uh, made him run laps because they were dribbling the ball while she was talking. Tough love early on. Um, I'm in the cannabis industry. Uh, One of the owners of Fresh Karma Dispensaries and New Thera uh, Manufacturing and Cultivation, so kind of a change-up from being in the banking world. Um, While I'm on here, I've already gotten taxed, so I've I've got to give the boys at Station 23 over on Independence and Van Brun a shout-out because I don't want to get beat up by anybody. That's right. Um, Just enjoying life and... Happy that our Tigers are relevant in two sports for the first time in, you know, a really long time, it feels like. It is
0: very exciting. Brock Christopher, how are things going for you right now, my man? They're
1: going well. So, I live in Liberty. Um, I've got an 11-year-old son, Cale. Football player? Uh, so, <laughs> the reason I live. So, he's got autism, but I don't know if anybody watches Big Bang Theory. Yeah? That is my 11-year-old son. So, like a genius, then. He, yeah, pretty much. Wow. Um, he, he schools me daily on... Technology and and you know what have you? My seven year old Cade um, is very very into soccer. So Nate, if you're listening, oh boy, you know it.
0: Don't don't fucking do that. But hey, hey, that, he's,
1: you're an that's but, that's, a, that's an enabler, right? So there. he's he's fucking great at soccer. Like oh really? Just, yeah, he's really good. So so, there, get, there, so there's something there. We're like, getting him is.
0: into some some uh, competitive stuff now and. I, so how did He's, this happen? Did you Were you like, hey, let's play soccer? Were you a big soccer influence? Or like, what's going on <laughs> Well, I don't even know what offsides means right. at this point. <laughs> That's fine.
1: I try to learn. I don't understand it, and I hate You'll it. You'll get there at some point. Um, but yeah. no, other than that, my boys are good. Um, yeah, I just live in Liberty, and I, I work for That's a awesome. company in, in Kansas City. We manufacture very high-end specialty vehicles. So I, I manage that part of the, the vehicle like part of it. weed delivery or something? A, a, well, <laughs> call me, Andrew. We can make something happen. Well, you if you, you want. probably wouldn't return my call, though. I probably wouldn't, because you never call me. It's fine.
0: Wow, things. things but no, other real, other, all than of that, other than
1: that, other than that, Stephen. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Um, it's been a. I don't think I've ever been on in Kansas City, and I fucking love this city. So I, I'm I'm
0: ecstatic. Well, this and, and this is going to be on YouTube, so, th- so they'll be able to watch this, and so be able to listen to us, and you could send this link to send this link to Gary Pinkle and see what he says about this. But that was let – me, let me get to that charity event. All he would do is he'd call us sorry asses. Yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> that event was awesome because uh, Chase Daniel was there, and, um, and so that, and a lot of the former, uh, former teammates were there, and you guys – I don't know how often you see uh, some of those guys, but it was pretty cool to see so many, so many players under one roof with Coach – and uh, all there for a good cause and a reminisce. And I had a blast watching some of the highlights they put up there and seeing everyone's reactions. And the other thing that, like, stood out to me, I, I can't believe, like, some of these fucking offensive linemen and what they look like now and how much weight they used to have to hold on. Like, I didn't know who Elvis Fisher was. Like, someone, you know, I kept seeing him walking around. Are
2: you talking about Becky? I
1: said,
0: like, who's that? And they go, that was, I mean – Holy shit, what's that, 150 pounds less than what he used to weigh? But it's really cool to see all those guys. How was that for you to catch up with so many former teammates down there?
1: It was great. I talked to – so Chase Coffin was my roommate for three years. Um, So him and I stay in touch. Not enough, um, but we do stay in touch quite a bit. Um, Other than that, man, I haven't talked to Chase Daniel. I I do stay in touch with Curtis Gregory quite a bit as he's out there campaigning. He's making things happen. He
0: he is. He's a power broker, isn't he? That's right. Know. He's a very big supporter
2: and of our industry, so yeah, I, I talk to him quite a bit. He's a mover and a shaker. That's right. Is he really? Oh yeah. I Good. think I was sent a check to his golf tournament that no one attended. <laughs> <laughs> just keep things moving and shaking. That's right. No,
1: Stephen, it was it was it was great. I hadn't been back. Um, I lived in L.A. for about four years, well, in and out of L.A., and so I hadn't been back to Kansas City in a long time. So I'm I'm trying to get back into more of the Missouri atmosphere of what what's going on, um, right. just with former teammates and everything. So no, it was. Lots of laughs to be had, lots of shit given, yeah, amongst each other. So yeah, it was it was a blast.
0: So so take me back to, uh, for, before we get to that, you guys were up having a, enjoying a drink before the podcast started. A few, and you guys, there was some story that was starting about Carney and Smithville, and you were a freshman at Smithville, and there were some threats. And he was a, he was
2: a senior. He was eighteen years old. So okay, I was he's a, okay. He's
0: a okay. He's a standout senior, at Carney. Right, a three-sport uh, athlete, and I mean, you you picked Mizzou over what Ohio State and Kansas State. You had a long list, right? I
1: committed so early that nobody else, you know, came. Well, Notre Dame came to my high school the day after I committed, and oh. my my head coach in high school would not let me talk to him. So that, times have changed a little bit in that right. regard. Um, so I I like to say that to make myself sound better.
0: But, but you yeah. were, I mean, you you were, you I were had a, some letters, you right? Know. And so you were, I mean, Brock Christopher, and then you're a freshman starting your your journey to becoming a, a D1 athlete. So what what so what what happened?
2: Basically, I, I I hate to bore everybody, but you know I made the game winning shot. Brock was a senior. He was supposed to be guarding me. So
0: we're talking about basketball here. Yeah, you're a freshman. You're on varsity. He's a senior. He's supposed to be guarding you. And is is Smith for people? Smithfield Carney is that a pretty big rivalry? Is there some?
2: Well, they used to between kick- me and AJ. It was. I mean, Carney <laughs> kicked the shit out of Smithville for so many years, and finally, you know, we. We won, and, uh, you know. You hit the uh, game-winning shot. I made the game-winning Where shot. Where was the game at,
0: Smithville or Cardiff It was at Smithville. And- Describe the shot. We need to hear this. Well, Love it in a, little a,
2: bit. a guy that Brock was talking shit about upstairs, which I don't appreciate. He's the uh, head football coach at Lathrop High School, actually, uh, wow. Corey Creason. Um, drove down the middle lane, kind of juked out Brock. I mean, he probably almost blew his ACL <laughs> out. And he passed the ball to me. I probably made an eight-foot shot, but. It was a fucking
1: layup, dude. <laughs>
2: It, was, it might have been a seven-foot shot, but Brock immediately starts crying as the buzzer goes off, and he starts punching the pad underneath the basketball goal, you know, on the other side. Is he's he's acting like, you know, a, a fucking gorilla that just escaped from the zoo that's got rabies or something. <laughs> was this
0: just a regular season game? This is yeah. complete horseshit, by the
2: way. <clears throat> All right, okay. So anyways, 45 minutes later, we get a message um it's like, oh, my God, Brock Christopher has told everyone he's coming back to Smithville and he's going to beat the shit out of you. Really? Is that true or false, Brock? It's, it's absolutely false. What's your version of the story?
1: My version of the story is um,
2: I, I lose the game.
1: I don't like to lose. And, and I hated your ass because, for some reason, you're fucking big-ass, lanky, a few pounds lighter than what you are now. Um, I was
2: 14, dipshit. I'm 34. <laughs> <laughs> so you, but you didn't like him. No. Okay. I was not a fan. Was there, like, what what was the reason? We never played him in football, like, but
1: we played him in basketball, what, two or three times my senior year, freshman year? Yeah. I I feel like it was two or three times. Yeah, a couple times, I think. And, like, he was, he was a hassle. Okay. He was a fucking problem. So, you didn't like him. So, it was me and Andrew, like, on the base, like, and I'm the senior, I'm supposed to be this athlete. I mean, this is
2: an 18-year-old man with chest hair, and I'm 14, (laughs) I can't even armpit hair. Right. I think that's debatable, but anyway.
1: No, so we, we end up losing. I I thought Corey had the shot underneath, but apparently it was you. Anyway, I walk into Did the, you cry, though? I did not cry. I walked into the locker room and punched the door as hard as I could, and my coach was like, Brock, you're, like, you're going to Mizzou. Stop doing this. I'm like, I want to – So, anyway, shower up, get back on the bus, and we get a phone call in the back of the bus, and I'm furious. And it was like, hey, Andrew Jones wants to come fight you. And I'm like – Take me back to my fucking <laughs> to- take me back to my fucking ninety one five oh Mustang. I'm about to scream over to Smith. So someone
0: tells you that, that he wants to fight you. So yeah. who's did you guys ever find out who was doing this? So somebody was jacking with both of you apparently. Someone's telling you that he wants to fight you and someone's telling you he wants to fight you.
2: Well, I didn't want to kick the shit out of him because, you know, I eventually I wanted to go to Mizzou and play football, so I didn't want the future middle linebacker to, you know, be in a wheelchair or anything the rest of his life. So that, at
0: that point when you were fourteen you knew you wanted to go to Mizzou.
2: Yeah, I mean I always I love Missouri. I I grew up as a Missouri fan and um you know, I someone just called me the other day and they're like, "Do you remember the time that Brad Smith had that long run? Do You remember what team it was?" I was like, "Yeah, it was Illinois. It was the first game of the season." Right. Uh, when when he kind of broke out. So, yeah, I've I've always watched Missouri. Um you know, I'm trying to instill that in my kids and they wonder why dad's screaming, you know, "Fuck" at the TV right. whenever the quarterback throws an interception to the you oh, know, defensive lineman and did. stuff like that. Yeah, to a 350
0: pound <laughs> defensive lineman for no reason, uh, and so, 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 nothing happened then, right?
1: No, I, nothing happened. Um, I probably just got back to Kearney and rev my Mustang up, and just,
0: that's about it. When was the next time you crossed paths? Drink with each a six other? pack of Natty and yeah. have some Grizzly. I think the ne- next time we
1: <laughs> probably. Um, I think next time was probably at Mizzou, because I was like, oh my god, fucking Andrew Jones. He's this massive recruit, right? He's got officer remember him like four-star tight end i'm like why the fuck is he coming here
2: and he got there and i'm saying like, okay andrew's a decent guy apparently yeah this guy he lived above uh him and Kaufman lived above uh jimmy john's downtown so that was kind of the party spot so regardless if brock wanted me over or not i was coming to party because wherever there's a party i'm going
0: but then you guys didn't have any problems once you, once no. you got to mizzou no figure things out
2: now he he got a little more mature and uh you know, I just kept doing what well, I was the, doing. Well,
0: the 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 main
1: thing was I was on the first team for three years, and Andrew's on the third team, so we didn't really play each that much. It's fine. <laughs>
0: so, so Andrew, so you <laughs> just keep keep it going. You fucking so, prick. So, so, so you 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 said you love Mizzou, right? But was it always for you? Like like he said, he committed to Mizzou so early; there really wasn't much of a process. Was Was there any recruiting process for you? Was it always Mizzou, and that was it? And what, what was yeah, like? so I,
2: I left. Um, you know, I actually left Oklahoma. Oklahoma was the first school that actually offered me a scholarship. And I left uh you know, it was a summer camp or I can't remember what it was at Oklahoma. My football coach took me and uh I, I told the coach, I'm like, Yeah, I'm you know, I'm I'm coming. I love it. You know, I'm coming. I was kinda I got back home and my mom's like, No you're not. Um she's like, You're, you're not going anywhere that's not, you know, two hours east on I seventy. I am like, All right, well that sounds good. You know, it was pretty cool for the four hour drive home but right. then I realized, you know, you know, I'm I'm from here. You know, so I. But you weren't mad that she said that you were good with it. No, absolutely. You know, I. Plus at the time, I mean they had. You know, I grew up watching Rucker and Kaufman. I was a, I was a freshman when Kaufman was a. Uh, he was tight in you senior, you know, and. You know the best game of my career was my freshman year, and the only reason why I had seven catches was because Kaufman literally stubbed his toe in warmups, and it was too late to change the game plan. Right. So, I mean they had to keep <laughs> calling the plays. You know, up at Iowa State, so I. CC, I appreciate you texting me on my birthday the other day, and you know I appreciate you getting that turf toe um, your senior <laughs> year, so I can so I get in the game a little bit, so I could, you know, get some free beers at the bar and you know have some more chicks talk to me.
0: So who who uh, did, did Andy recruit? Andy Hill recruit both of you guys? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, I'm. Uh, he's he's texting me right now, um, making sure there's a uh, sensor button on the uh, sensor delay well, on the radio.
0: There's not, uh, and so but Andy for a long stretch had the reputation of, of being a great recruiter and won a bunch of recruiting battles in the state of Missouri and especially around the Kansas City area. Well, Steven, I'll tell the story. Um, I think it was, it was me and
3: Coffin's
1: f- senior year in high school. And we had battled for the last three years. And, like, I, again, I must not like many people. I fucking hated Chase. <laughs> like, I, he's the nicest human being you've ever met in your life. Yeah. Like, like, us, Carney and Ray Peck.
2: He's too nice, actually. Just
1: butted heads and butted heads, and, like, we were always – it was always big games, always the game of the week, whatever. And so I will never forget when I got my room assignment in the dorms, it was, it was fucking Kaufman. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Right. And so, like, we go meet Paul and, and <laughs> Chase and yeah. uh, Cameron and Carson were – God, they were young. And
0: Paul's a nice guy too. Uh, yeah, well, well, I didn't like him either, though. Right? He's a K-Stater. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, did, did he, I'm starting to see the pattern here. Of Brock not fucking liking anybody. He, he doesn't get
2: he <laughs> doesn't play well with others.
0: And
1: so me and Chase lived in a in a our dorm room it was maybe, I don't know, maybe a twelve by twelve dorm room with bunk beds. You know the desk, you know how it goes. Sure. Was it South Hall? And I feel like we were like what was the movie I'm trying to think of where it's like we met Oh, it's Step Brothers. Like we were like, Hi. <laughs> Hi. You have to call me Dragon. That was right? kind of yeah. what it was like. <laughs> like we started hanging out. Obviously, like we're We've been really good friends ever since. But yeah, he—what um, an unbelievable player! But that, yeah, I, me and Chase
2: hated each other. Like, or I hated him. I
1: don't know how he felt about
2: me. Either. There's no way he hated you. Kaufman doesn't dislike he doesn't, anybody. He doesn't hate. He's actually. A, he's actually so nice. He'll text me just randomly, like the nicest stuff ever. And I'll be like,
0: just like motivational, like you know the.
2: No, just like you know, I'm so sorry. I texted you one day late on your birthday.
0: Oh, see, he's I'm a nice guy. See, I'm like Christ. You are. So you're a lot nicer guy than I am. So if, Okay. So if I asked you guys, uh, if somebody asked you, okay, Gary Pinkle, right. What, what, how would you describe Gary Pinkle? What was it like to play for Gary Pinkle?
2: You know, so I actually, uh, this past summer, um, I went down to the lake to play golf with, uh, uh, Mark Finner and, uh, yeah, my man Mark and, uh, coach Pinkle. And, you know, we're, we're sitting at the bar and, uh, having some drinks afterwards. We're playing down at Porto Chima and, you know, he, he was giving us a totally different side that I had ever seen, you know, really just being transparent, uh, not that he wasn't transparent, but just, you know, talking, you know, a different light. Cause I, you know, I wasn't the player anymore, even though I was scared at any moment, he was going to make me do some up downs or something. Right. Um, and my, my buddy Wade went and he was like, God, you're terrified of this guy still. I'm like, yeah, I mean, he was, he was a CEO, you know, he could cancel you real quick. Um, but, I mean, he just, look at the record, um, look at the players that went to the NFL, I mean, look at the success of the players, um, you know, that didn't go to the NFL in our lives afterwards, I mean, I, I would say his track record speaks for itself, I mean, look look at Brock and I, I mean, no offense Brock, but you're a dipshit, and I'm probably a bigger <laughs> dipshit, and you know, we both have kids, we both have careers, both have families, yeah. um, so I think. You know, he he was probably what most kids our age needed, even though at the time we probably didn't think everything he was doing was what we wanted, but, you know, he ultimately knew what we needed, and I think, you know, it, it got us, uh, you know, whether it was the mat drills in the winter or, you know, whatever the else, hell yeah, else fucking, you terrible. know, they called it the uh, – Fucking reminders or wherever we where had to push the board across the field if you did something stupid or got in a fight at Waffle House like I did and had to do that. <laughs> Who did you get a fight at Waffle House with? Well, I. Uh, what was it what was a Brock, was it? It wasn't I was to me. I was probably getting ready for a game. It's fine. <laughs> One of the guy's names is Will Ebner. The other guy's name I can't say, but I'll just give you a hint. He's number nine. He plays on a team here locally as the uh, <laughs> backup quarterback, but he doesn't have a name that we'll talk about. <laughs> um, you know, Wait, with or against? With, oh, okay. with. All right. You know, all right. Um, somehow I, I I messaged Andy Hill at six thirty in the morning, like, hey, you know, not sure what happened. It's fouled out of control. We got in a fist fight at Waffle House at three forty-five in the morning after the Pi Phi formal. No one got hurt except me. I got the shit kicked out of me. Oh wow. Um, first question: How's Blaine? <laughs> <laughs>
0: He didn't care about it. Okay, that's fine. He said, that's, the right, that's the right question, though. He,
2: um, he says, all right, uh, Coach Steck, the linebackers coach, he's already aware that uh, Will was part of this. Uh, you guys, uh, we'll see him Monday morning at 530. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, I strengthened up my hamstrings and legs pretty good uh, the next couple of weeks, pushing a two-by-four across the football field uh, that winter. So that was, that was a good time.
0: So, so Brock, what do you say if, if someone asks you, what was, what was it like to play for Gary Pinkle? Yeah, I mean I, he was
1: the ultimate CEO, right? It was it was clearly the guy knew what he was doing, but it was it was if Brock's socks aren't high enough at the field or at practice, Dave was being like, "Pull your fucking socks up, man. Like I'm tired of hearing about the shit." It was like that was kind of what it was like and it was we played you played for your you played for your position coach. So me and me and Dave Steckel Still text multiple times a year. Um, I never got into a fight ever, like big A.J. over here, but Dave was always like, if you get into a fight, if you get arrested, if you get into trouble, you don't call your mom, you don't call your dad, you don't call your brother, you call me immediately. And so that was always kind of the – that's kind of how it went. And the the amount of guys that, that Gary Pinkle was able to pull in that were not big recruits. And I'll talk about Sean Weatherspoon here in a little bit. Um, Denario Alexanders. Yeah, obviously you had your Macklins, you had your Chase Daniels, you had your, the big-time recruits, but it was – Like two-star guys. It was the yeah. guys that he was able to get that, like, would show up and be like, who is this guy? Jared and Perry, like,
2: he had 40 catches as a true freshman. No it, one's ever would, heard of him. He weighed 135 sh- pounds, literally. It would
1: piss me off because they would show up. Like these younger kids, when I was, like, a junior, They got, oh, who, like, these kids have no no, whatever, because you keep track of it. Like who who were our recruiting class, who we're bringing in, and it's like man, like who who, and then like the kid gets on the field, and it's like Foot Jesus Christ, like God, this kid's gonna be freaking good, right? Like Denario, um he was a freak. I always tell the story. We went to, um, I've got two stories about it, but the, when Denario got to Mizzou, we were there was like a pickup basketball game like at the at the rec, and he that. Motherfucker would take one step, go between his legs like 360, and hammer dunk it. I watched him jump like a 47 and a half inches on his vertical as a 6'4 kid that ran sub 4'4. Like, how was he a two star recruit from Marlin, Texas?
2: Yeah, so, same with me. Since, I mean, I, I've I never remember seen my, anything like it. My first summer at the rec center playing basketball, you know, a tight end, my same class, Mike Leg knew. I was like, he, he didn't know how to play football when he got there. He was six foot six, and then I found out he was the uh, Texas State triple jump champion. <laughs> and he gets the ball one step in front of half court, takes one dribble, and he's hammering with two hands from the free throw line. I'm like, "Oh fuck! I got about two years to play before he figures out how to play football." Then I'm fucked.
0: And he ended up as a third round pick, yeah, in the NFL draft.
2: And I end up as a—I
0: uh, had a life sentence on the second team after he figured out how to play football. <laughs> and if, if for people that don't remember Denario Alexander in 2009. 113 catches, 1,781 yards, and 14 touchdowns. That's absurd. So, like, you think about, like, the kind of year that Luther Burden is having right now. We're nine games in, and he still hasn't hit 1,000 yards. He will, hopefully, this this weekend. But, I mean, 1,781 yards. That's unbelievable. And this what year was that, Stephen? That was 2000, oh nine.
2: 2009. So nine. That, was my, that was my sophomore year, so that was actually the year that I started all the games, and I never forget we were at K State. He was I, incredible. I think he had two hundred some odd yards, and they were they had this crazy idea. We're going to cover Denario with a safety. This safety went that on was to Ron play, Prince back then. This safety went on to play in, in the NFL. It was Tyson Hartman. He played for the Chiefs yeah. for a couple of years. Blocked a couple of field goals actually, I think. And we we're just I mean he he was just mossing everybody. It was nuts. Um, how incredible! I mean, you could throw him a swing pass. 70 yards guaranteed. I mean, it was just crazy how talented he was, and I mean, he was a he was a great guy too. He worked uh, best fucking dude. He was gorgeous. he worked extremely hard. People think that it was just all God. Well, it was all God given, but the guy worked hard. He also blew his knee out three or four times. People don't realize that the rehab, the work that he had to put in, was just insane. And he had some
0: moments in the NFL.
2: Didn't he have over a thousand yards for the Chargers one year? Um.
1: I have told people multiple times if Denario Alexander is is 100 healthy in college and in the NFL, he is Randy deep. Moss. He's yeah. in the, he's in the Hall of Fame that
0: year. against he's in the Hall of Fame. Baylor, he had 13 for 214 against K State, 10 catches, 200 yards, and three touchdowns. And against KU, 15 catches, 233 yards. You bet. 15 for 233. He had three. He had th- in 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 a in a four week span. He had three 200 yard games. Let's, Can you imagine if someone did that like right now?
2: That's pretty good, right? Well, it's they probably it, It's
0: amazing. That—that's I think that's that's probably the greatest. Can you imagine his nil money? I mean, I, no, but Brock. like Macklin was great. Macklin's probably the best receiver that I've seen in my life at Mizzou. But that was the best year. That was the best single year. Because what? How could you top that?
2: I mean, what? Speaking of nil, Brock would have went to Mizzou for a log of grizzly chewing tobacco and. <laughs> What
0: would your nil be right now?
2: What do you think? I mean, two case of Miller Lite, maybe a box of Cohibas. <laughs> okay, maybe some Macanudos. I don't know.
0: All right, let's let's talk about a, a, a favorite moment. What was the favorite moment of your career at Mizzou, Andrew Jones? Oh, I mean, my, I mean,
2: shit. There's a lot of individual
0: them. moment, favorite play, favorite. So I'll take you did. this. I'll take this one first. Okay,
1: because you're still thinking.
0: Well, I know what my favorite moment that you had. Fucking at Nebraska, pick, pick
1: six, six, baby. No. Let's go. Joe Gans, I think it was cover three. That was in October.
2: Well, I uh, or, or not October? In 08. right? October. 08. It was oh eight. 8. Yeah,
0: it, was 08 it was when you put up fifty yeah. was like, Fifty two to 17. 50, seventeen.
1: Roll up there. It's it was it was cover three. I still watch the highlights from time to time. God, I'm oh, like a fucking loser. So no, that <laughs> ew, no, no. So it was cover three, and he rolled out and and. Cover three landmark is the middle of the hashes for a middle linebacker. And I'm like, the fucker doesn't see me. And he just chucked it up. And, like, I have told my mom and my dad and and myself, my goal is I got to score a damn touchdown before I'm out of here. And that was my senior year. And he fucking tossed it to me. And, like, Roy Hulu Jr.
0: tried to tackle me, and I just gave him a little jig. But to do that at Nebraska in a night game, prime time, right? Yeah, that,
2: that game was incredible. I'll never I'll never forget, I got cussed out pretty good by the tight end coach that game, Coach Walker. Who, Bruce? Yeah, yeah. I had a couple catches, and one of the catches, I came off the field, and they had offsides, and I got like seven or eight yards, but Coach Pinkle um, accepted the penalty. Right. I came on I'm like, why the fuck did they accept <laughs> the penalty? Now it's not a catch. You lost your stats. And, uh, <laughs> uh, coach Walker, uh, he, he cussed me out bad, because he's like, if Coach Pinkle heard that, you wouldn't be here anymore. Right. Think, okay. My so, bad. So, coach. then what
0: was your favorite individual moment? Or you can, if you want to say a team moment, whatever. It's your favorite moment.
2: Shit, my favorite team moment, without a doubt, was homecoming in 10 when we beat um, Oklahoma. Oh, wow. College um, game day and everything. Yeah. God, I was overserved.
1: That was the year after <laughs> oh. I graduated.
2: <laughs> I will never forget um, when Alden Smith uh, had the sack fumble, yeah. picked it up. Um, How about the
0: opening kickoff?
2: Yeah, of John McGaffey. I mean, that was crazy. He came into my class. I mean, John's a great guy. Um, a, a guy from uh, Kansas City, actually. Uh, Joe D. is his name. Got me a ticket my senior of high school to go down to the uh, Big 12 championship in San Antonio. And John and his mom came over from Houston. So, I kind of met them beforehand and uh, – I was happy for John because he worked extremely hard his entire career and to have that moment and to beat the shit out of Oklahoma. And the crazy thing was, like, all the fans were so drunk after the game. I'll never forget it. This one girl was so drunk. She came on the field, and we're all trying to get to the locker room. We never actually got to the locker room. There was no post-game speech. There was no nothing. Really? Some girl took my mouthpiece out of my helmet and put it in her mouth. I shit you not, five seconds later, she throws up everywhere. Well, (laughs) Wow. I'm like, well, I guess I'll just have to go talk to Rex Sharp, the trainer, and get a new mouthpiece for practice.
0: Rex! (laughs) Rex! We've got several Mizzou fans out here with stunned looks on their faces as you guys are. I'm not sure these are the stories they're ready for, but these are the stories they're getting tonight. Yeah. Those that have not been told before.
2: This is team transparency up here, you (laughs) know. We're the the no bullshit squad. you have to wait till Jarrett Sutton comes up here to talk about how he – Wishes he was in NSYNC or Backstreet Boys or, you know, whatever you want to say uh, to get those stories.
1: Steven, I would say that uh, team-wise, the Armageddon game was like – Oh, wow. Because I grew up in a town of 300 people in St. Elizabeth Mo. Um
2: Shout-out to the Hoffs. Shout-out. <laughs> it's my middle kid's godfathers from St. E. Shout-out to the Deerhoffs. Um, no, so I, I grew up in this
1: really very small town – I, had I stayed in that town, I probably would have gone to Helias and played. Uh, but my dad got a job in, in Kearney as, a, as the principal, so we moved to Carney. Whatever. So I, I grew up in like. A so town. that's why you graduated on time. Your dad was a principal. <laughs> uh, Three point nine, baby. <laughs> no, so like the I grew up in a town that hated Kansas. Like, mid Missouri, you hated Kansas. You were a Mizzou guy, and you hated everything about Kansas. And then so that you know that grows as you get older. Go to high school, still hated them. Um, go to Mizzou, and it's like my freshman year at Mizzou is when we lost thirteen to three. I had a pick. It was windy as hell. The offense was just stalled out. So like we lost at Kansas, and it still fucking
0: haunts me to this day. But and what year was what, what year was that one? That would have been oh five. In so, La- and, and, and that's when Chase Daniel used to come in. Yeah, for, for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I, I was at that game as a fan. And I was dressed as the uh, as, as fucking Burger King. <laughs> yes. yeah. you remember the, the those Burger King commercials? Yeah. I I'm not shitting you. And this here's the deal: I've not gone back to a, a, a game at Kansas since because it was such a miserable experience for me. I had a fucking big cape and had the fucking big Burger, Burger King. Well, I remember, was overconfident. Super windy. Yeah, but, but Mizzou was ranked, and they're going to kick Ku's ass. And Brad Smith's. Uh, you know. And it just was fucking terrible.
1: Yeah. So then go go to the, my junior year and would have would have been oh seven Armgaddon, right? Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, that was because that was my senior leave, year of high we school. We leave
1: our, our hotel and like we're you're pulling down because I'm a massive Chiefs fan, right? Like a grew up Chiefs fan as well, and like we're pulling down into this like abyss. There's the smoke, the like. I mean, we've got one side of the bus. It's like fuck you, like screaming at it. The other side, it like, was violent. In the park. Uh, it was, fu- it was like, and I'm like, I remember like when I got dressed early, like before I put my tops on, like run out on the field, and just, and it was, it was shoulder to shoulder packed. Yeah. And I'm like, like two hours before the game when I'm warming up, and I'm like, I'm out because I was a long snapper, back up. Thank you, Bo Brinkley. So you uh, get replaced? Yes. Shout out to Bo as well. Shout, to Bo. Go- Shout out, to played Bo. Played
2: golf, had a couple of beers a couple of weeks ago. No, but I, I
1: just like I like I looked around. I took a moment. I
0: looked around. I'm like, this is going to be fucking. There was no atmosphere compar- comparable There's to that, right? Zero. See, because I was there. Zero. in, in and so we had a, I had to do an appearance at a at a at a tinted tailgate before, and I got there early with my wife and just driving through. I said, this is this is going to be fucking bad afterwards because one of these teams is going to lose and so someone's going to be fucking mad, and it's going to get ugly. And so we go in there, and it was kind of ugly in there, and it was, it was like the, 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 the mood was just like aggressive, and it was just getting ready to fucking just spill over, no matter what happened, right? It was like a fucking, uh, it was almost like a, uh, a, a ticking time bomb. And so we, we get in there, we get in our seats, and we sat over by the tunnel where the players came out, and it was the most stressful game, even though Mizzou got out to the big lead, but then Kansas started to come back because the whole time you are thinking, can't lose this fucking game to Kansas. Can't lose. It. I can only imagine what you guys were thinking. It was number four, number two, right? Right, and a battle for number one, right? And so. It was like two and three, I think. I remember leaving the game, and shit was on fire, like in the <laughs> in the parking lot, and people were fucking fighting, and people were fucking mad. And, you know, it was just, it was incredible, but I'll never forget the, in, the, the intensity. It was the most, in, and I've been lucky enough, to go to AFC Championship games now, the Super Bowl because the Chiefs are so great. Uh, you damn, your are there. Love it, but, but I mean that I've never been to a sporting event that had that type of intensity, that kind of emotion, that kind of anger, that kind of anxiety from both sides. It was incredible, and nothing could ever compare to that in my mind. Well, I think we were on. I think we were on defense first. I think,
1: and I my first year is just fucking garbage. Like it was. I just mm-hmm. for whatever reason, anyway. Like, did you were nervous? <laughs> like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like we make him punt and I was on the punt team. And so it was me, um Brinkley was snapping. It was I was the left guard on the punt team and Coffin was the right guard. He wasn't
2: even in college yet, you idiot. He wasn't? Bo was in the same fucking age as I am. I don't, he was knows. a senior in high school that year. Who knows? So anyway, Blair I run, would have been I run down the Blair field. Stephen Blair would have been the punt. The I run down the summer.
1: field and, and tackled Desmond Briscoe like for like a couple yard loss and just and I'm like, I'm up celebrating, Steven. Like, I, I can't breathe for 30 minutes. Right. Like, I just cannot breathe. So, what was it like when you guys finally won that game? Um, it, was, yeah, it was incredible because the next day, I think, it was our banquet. Or the next, something like that.
2: And so. No, that is true. The, the Sunday after yeah, the last our, game of the season was always the banquet at that so, hotel there on 70. Yeah, so the Paul in or we were holidays. told
1: during our banquet that is when the rankings came out like, Mizzou's number one, and it went nuts. Wow, yeah,
0: it was awesome. That's incredible. So, before we wrap up this portion of the podcast, and we're gonna, we're gonna rotate in Jarrett Sutton, and we're gonna talk with uh, Jarrett and Andrew first about being roommates on the road when you went to the basketball team. And then we'll come back because I feel like I need to have Jarrett Sutton and Brock Christopher together to hear what you have to say to him because I like it so far. Uh, we mentioned the program now and how nice it is to have a basketball team that has high expectations of what the football team is doing right now. They're 7-2. and two. They just went toe-to-toe with Georgia, came up a little short. They have a huge game against Tennessee in the battle of top 15 teams coming up on Saturday. You guys have watched enough Mizzou football clearly before you played, why you played, and after you played. And I know that there's, we, we, we have a, an interesting uh, text chain between – Uh, game day and before the game and after the game. Speaking
2: of that, apparently something you said Monday morning on the radio, I got three text messages from buddies. Actually, uh, guys at uh, Station 23 over there on Independence Avenue said, did you say this because he just said this on the radio? What
0: was it? What did I say?
2: A comment. Something funny. A comment about maybe the quarterback's a little bit like a Poor man's yeah, no, uh, Alex Smith. Smith. He, no, because
0: it, it was a good. point because I agree with it. And, you know, because I said, Al-
2: you, I said you're stealing my
0: shit. And I, I, I gave you credit. Oh, you did. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So because I because I said uh, he. I said Andrew Jones made a good point that Alex Smith was a fine quarterback in, in you know in the NFL and for the Chiefs, but Andy Reid realized after that loss in the playoffs to the Steelers, there was a certain ceiling. Okay, and that's that's. Uh, whether he admits it or not, the, the, the proof is what they did. They went up and traded up for, for Patrick Mahomes. Um, and, and, and then you saw what happened the next year against the Titans. Patrick Mahomes got them over the hump. Alex Smith was good enough to get you to the playoffs, win 11 games, but there was a, there was a ceiling, right? And so you just made the point that Brady Cook's kind of like Mizzou's Alex Smith right now. Clearly he's good enough to win regular season games and get to a point, but now the two times against an elite team with the game – on the line and the ball in his hands against LSU and against uh, Georgia, we've seen what happened. Um, and it's not and look, it, it, but that's better than I thought. Brady, I'll be honest, I was wrong about Brady Cook. I was, I, I wasn't sure that he should be the starter the whole year, and he's proven me wrong. He's had a hell of a year. And if they go out and beat Tennessee, went out and go ten and two, that's a fantastic season. Yeah, without you a know? doubt. And you lose to LSU and Georgia, so what? Most of the teams in the in the in the nation would lose to LSU and certainly Georgia, but now that you've watched. What drinkwoods has? You see what's coming in? You see what's on the field? Are you sold? Well, i want to ask each of you guys, are you sold on Eli drinkwoods or where Mizzou football's at it right now? The uh, part
2: that whenever he came in, it, it seemed like it was going to be, you know, maybe like a Mickey Mouse-type offensive scheme and all this other stuff, but... Kirby
0: you know, Moore's been good. I like that, that.
2: I mean, that's obviously all false. I mean, the thing that you got to look at is, look at the front seven on offense and defense. Um, Mizzou has... SEC caliber, you know, dogs playing. Um, you don't, know, don't they, forget about the back end too on defense.
1: <clears throat> I mean, I I race, love it. Race draw and the and roster,
2: the roster that Drinkwitz has put together. I mean, they'd be undefeated in the Big Twelve without a doubt. I mean, they would Ooh. kick the shit out of Kansas. Wow. They the it, maybe we'll see it in the bowl game if they went and played a Pac twelve schedule. They would kick the shit out of those teams because the offensive line. Um, they've got young guys, the defensive coordinator. Lake Baker's a stud. Um, we just had Tony Temple uh, show up. Uh-oh. Um, but, I mean, just the front seven and just the physicality. I mean, Missouri has all the pieces. I mean, they're going to finish, what, number three this year probably in the SEC because, I mean, I I have zero doubts they kick the shit out of Tennessee this year. They're going to beat Tennessee?
0: I, Tennessee's put up over 60 points back-to-back years. I guarantee you Let's they fucking beat the go. shit out of them. Brock, Chris, for plus you, are, one and a half gear, money well, line. There you go. Let's go, Brock. Are you that confident in in uh, as as Andrew Jones? Yeah, that us a home, right? Yes, it's yeah, Saturday. So I, think, I think yeah, two thirty. I'm CBS. aware it's on <laughs> CBS. It's <not> on
2: Saturday. <laughs> it's like a, you fucking idiot.
1: <laughs> no, I like I, I've told my family and, and my brother played quarterback for Northwest Missouri State and was was a stud up there, and I don't know that I've ever seen a player like Brady, do what he's done as far as the improvement. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's drastic, right? It's, it's crazy. So, but like Andrew was saying, like our front seven, Tyron Hopper is a Sean Weatherspoon. Like he is a – I watch him, like I just – I zone in on him. I watch him, like he's a, he's a freak show. But we've got dudes that can rotate in and out on defense, on the defensive line. Consistently and make plays, and so I, you know, that loss to Georgia sucked, man. It was,
0: God damn it, we had them. But first and ten at the fifty, Trader yeah, just I, had a thirteen yard run, and I just wanted them to keep and can him we, the ball. He, he could have had two hundred yards. Feed Trader. Can we and talk more about Cody Schrader? Years.
1: Can we talk more about Cody Schrader? Like, I mean, I mean sure. what, what an incredible story! Like,
0: he went from wow, this is really Truman cool State, that, he, uh, that he's going to walk on the team. Yeah. Wow, this is cool that he's going to be a scholarship player. Oh, he's going to start. Oh, he got a touchdown. Oh, he's actually pretty good. Now he's fucking leading the SEC in rushing. Yeah, it's incredible. Like I,
2: I would, Plus, I've he went never to met him in state. I, I mean, shit. His his IQ is higher than
0: all three of ours combined. <laughs> that's not that's not a real high bar, by the way. That's good I don't point. Think that's, that's I think a, a few people fit that bill here. Yeah. All right. So now we got Tony Temple here and Jared Sutton. We're going to rotate them in. We uh, once again are uh, broadcasting this. A hot mic with SSJ episode uh, at Jay Rieger and Company Distillery, where we uh, are here for the release of the Six Columns Bourbon. Mizzou fans, bourbon fans, liquor fans, football fans, basketball fans, Jared Sutton fans, all of you, you will love this Six Columns Bourbon, and uh, we're gonna enjoy this and enjoy as you guys have a drink. Who wants? Let's see. Should we should we put Tony on? Where did Tony go? Tony's gone. We'll figure it out. We'll, hear, we'll see the next lineup uh, uh, coming up right after this on Hot Mike with SSJ. All right, welcome back to uh, another segment of Hot Mike with SSJ. We've got to split this up because we have so many good guests here. And, again, we're at uh, Jay Rieger and Company Distillery, and this is the official release of the six columns uh, straight bourbon whiskey, Mizzou-themed bourbon whiskey, and it's available right now. It stores on both sides of the state line. You can, wherever you go and enjoy your delicious spirits, you can get this six-columns bourbon. And, fellas, you can go ahead and uh, take yours out of the bag. That's for you oh, for coming down here. This is sweet. To, and f- look at this. this how is how beautiful is this right here? With the tiger uh, paw. Right mm-hmm. here uh, in paw. Kansas City, Jay Rieger & Company, six-columns bourbon it. with that Thank tiger you. paw. Yeah, this is great. Uh, and so go and get this. Come on, yeah. Anywhere in Kansas City uh, where you uh, purchase your liquor. And uh, this is a great place to come down here for happy hour or come down for a company event or a holiday party. Uh, And so we are down here uh, celebrating this uh, six-columns bourbon release and also talking Mizzou because we just – kind of wrapped up with this conversation, and I'm not going to take you down the same road as... Let me go ahead and tell Please you, don't. Brock Christopher and Andrew <laughs> Jones, that is a very stressful time for me to be a host while they're saying things. It's, I wasn't sure what was going to fucking be said. It's stressful said when you're listening things, to right, it, and right, you're like, wait, am like, I going to be brought into this you know, at some you know, point? But I heard about some of the things he'd like to talk about with you, so I don't know if you want to... Avoiding like, you at all costs. Right. So, I'm just right, avoiding. Uh, uh, so uh, one of them has to do with you getting... Cut by a hotel room key. Uh huh. Yeah. So, so, yeah well, there we go. I still have the scar, uh-huh. so it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Tony's like, I don't know about that story, but I don't think I want to hear it. Uh, so for, let's just let's just start with this with how cool it is right now with what's going on at Mizzou, because the uh, the football team's in the top fifteen. They're seven and two. They have a real shot to win ten games, and the basketball team just wrapped up the number two recruiting class in the nation yeah. yesterday, coming off. An NCAA tournament appearance and win—they're expected to go back to the tournament again. It looks like they have the right football coach and the right basketball coach. There have been some tough times, but right now it feels like things are going, things are rolling at Mizzou, right? Yeah, I mean,
3: just speaking from when we were at Mizzou, when football and basketball was humming, you know, and we're we're competing for NCAA tournaments, going to the Elite Eight. You guys are, you know, in the Cotton Bowl and and just like the the excitement around Mizzou during that era and especially people coming from Kansas City and St. Louis to Columbia. Um, And we always like to feed off the football energy because football always sets the tone in a season, in the academic year first off. And then, you know, we kind of felt that pressure From the basketball side, of like, man, football's rolling. And the fan base is just all about Mizzou football. And and it was so fun to get behind these guys because they were great dudes. Like, there's so many good guys that came from the football program. Their success speaks for itself. Coach Pinkle did such an unbelievable job. And then we kind of felt that pressure to kind of have that be what we wanted to be as a basketball program under Mike Anderson. And that's something Coach A, you know, talked a lot about. And I've I've told the story about when Coach A went to Arkansas. And, you know, we were kind of lost because the whole staff – left and Gary Pinkle, you know, took us under the wing and we were lifting weights at the football facility just because they didn't want us to feel like we weren't connected to the school because there was that thought of guys leaving. So just thinking back to that of what Mizzou meant to just myself and knowing, you know, the basketball guys that we used to talk about this all time of just how special it was to be at Mizzou especially with football being so good. And we had such great relationships with the football guys, followed their stories and their careers after they were done playing at Mizzou. That made it very special. It feels like we're getting back to that right now is the point. And I think that Desiree Reed-Francois has done such a fantastic job um, just being at Mizzou Arena, the upgrades to the facilities, went to homecoming, seeing the football stadium uh, packed. You know, everybody's excited. And and that to me is, is really special where the programs are going.
0: So four straight sellouts. For, for the football team, like I said, 7-2 and with a real chance to beat Tennessee and win out, and they could go to a great bowl game. Um, Tony, you were, you were there when, when everything was peaking under Gary Pinkle. What do you think right now, what you're seeing from, uh, from Mizzou football?
4: You know, I think I echo the same thing Jared said. Um, it starts with the administration. I think they're doing a great job, and I think everyone is comfortable in the positions that they're what they're doing and i think they're returning back to some of their original root things that their core values that they were doing whether it's recruiting in St. Louis, um, starting getting more athletes here in Kansas City, and just starting getting the borders again, getting back to some of the root things that we did. And it is exciting. Um, a lot of the returning players have been coming back um, to just be a part of this excitement.
0: The Gary Pinkle event I saw you yeah, at, that was great to see so many of your teammates all together.
4: It was. And and supporting each other still. And, you know, Jeremy Macklin entered uh, the College Hall of Fame that weekend, and entered the ring and again just integrating our families now and just really being a part of it is really cool to see and you're right I'm excited about basketball season Um, there was nothing more uh, more exhilarating to have both squads just killing it Um, it sets the tone for your whole entire uh, college you know experience I don't care if you know if you're an athlete or if you're just a student if both of those major sports are just rocking and going crazy um, you know, it's a it's a different time to be at the
0: zoo. So most of the people haven't had a chance to see it. But you called the game this past Monday, the, mm-hmm. the basketball opener. Yep. Black seats instead oh. of gold seats. I keep hearing about the light show and the video board and everything. It's a fucking trip, supposedly. So try to try to explain, put into words what what uh, what they've done now with Mizzou Arena for basketball games. Yeah. So
3: I think this gets back to. The vision of Dennis Gates uh, matching with the vision of Desiree Reed Francois, they knew they had to get the in-game experience better for fans. That was the biggest thing, really making it an atmosphere that was more modern day. I mean, I go across the country, um, you know, go to different college basketball games and to see their pregame and to see how their crowd gets into it, and how the, you know, the media department gets the fan base going. We needed that, and they've addressed that, and that was last year too. I mean. It looks Every, good. Everything from the students section being involved and, and the timeouts, like the, the events that they're doing, you know, in between timeouts during a basketball game, the fans are totally engaged. Those fans aren't leaving and going up to the Clinton Club; they're staying in their seats, and that's important. That's always been important. Um, winning cures all, obviously. You know, when you win, they come and they're they're in their seats. But the in-game experience, and then now what they've done with the upgrades. Like, it's an NBA type of situation with the floor and all the light show situation going on. Um, the fans were, were really into it. And I'll I, be honest, we didn't go on air for, like, 30 seconds. They were doing the starting lineup. So I got to look down on the floor. And, of course, I'm right in front of it. And it just was just kind of – it was amazing to watch. Um, and then the, the, the actual video board is more of an NBA type of style where – for a broadcaster, it's great because they have all the live stats going under the arena, and you can see everything. And they actually have like video boards under there, so it's it's just it's so high tech. <laughs> it's it's like caught up to modern. If you walked into you know uh, you know the the arena in Sacramento, you know it, it's very similar to like how they designed the video board, and then obviously the the floor just um, it like comes out and, and really grips you. It's it's a great way to like kick off a basketball
0: game. Okay, so let's get into some other topics here. So uh, so Tony. Uh, when you were at Rockhurst, you were one of the top recruits in the nation, right? Do, do you ever sit and wonder what this fucking NIL would have been like <laughs> if you'd have been around? Because think about it, man. Because what some of these kids are getting, man. and then and then the level of recruit that you were, you know, I mean that that's it, it. That's got to blow your mind now to see what recruiting has turned into versus what it was when you went through that cycle, right?
4: It is, and I, you know, what I, I'll say this, you know. Gary Pinkle and the University of Missouri, they, they really kept a tight grip on it. They weren't playing it. But I can't speak for other organizations, you know, just to think about things were offered back in my playing days. Hold on now. Wait what, a minute. Hmm? What were offered was amazing. And um, for so many athletes to turn that down, rightfully to turn that down, um, is unbelievable. But at the same time, I think a lot of those athletes, as they look back at it to see what the new era is, it's kind of embarrassing to even think back then – what was being you know offered for athletes the opportunity they could have based on what these kids are getting now and uh, i just can't imagine um you know that just that's a whole different thought process giving a kid that much money
0: yeah i mean there, there had to be some wild offers for you
4: you know you know i just know all i know the school that i attended right had nothing to do with any offers that's fine I love so we, we no. keep Mizzou in the clear <laughs> that's right. yeah. yeah they're in the clear but was know. there
0: you don't have to name a school but was there, is there like a was there was there ever a, a number thrown at you or or something
4: that of course i think you know there were you know there were schools out there that um you know whether it was boosters or people that attended that had an invested interest of you going to that school so um, you know that it, back in those days it was tough. You know, you know, as the player, you had to kind of really not pay attention to that because so be hard, much though. was going. Yeah, yeah, it was hard. And I don't know. Maybe there were players out there, uh, you know, that <laughs> that found a way to right, right, to um, see those opportunities. But
0: where, where, where did you go on uh, official visits?
4: Let's see. Um, I think it was uh, K State. And Mizzou, I think that's why I ended up going for my two official visits.
0: So uh, was it was it a because I mean it was a big deal at the time when Mizzou got you because you're a Kansas City kid and everything else. But was it a hard decision? Was it a hard process for you to decide on Mizzou, or is that something like you knew the whole time? You know,
4: I you know I, w- I would think looking back on it, I never took the recruiting process serious. Um, and why it not? Just, well, I just don't think it was you it's, know. I think the athlete that I was or even just in the position that I was, you know, I was focusing on one year at a
0: time. But you dealt with that pressure not just as upperclassman from the time you started playing high school football. Yeah. I mean, you you were dealing with that for for a long time. And so
4: I think that thought process for me, you know, like I'm even coming to a realization that, you know, when I was a freshman playing with the seniors, that was my age group that I played with. My development of even my thought process, whether it was in – My playing days or off the field was with 18, 19-year-olds at a 14-year-old base. That shit's wild, though, man. And then if you think about that, once those relationships graduated and they were done, those were my core relationships, and then I restart. So by the time my freshman class came, there was no connectivity to that class. And my mental capacity was with grown men and grown women and experiences and things that no way that my level of who I was with in my class could deal with. So just always having that type of attention and just having that, you know, experience was crazy. And then, you know, like I didn't I was get invited to Christmas parties from people that were in your you know, you know, your entertainment. <laughs> so I didn't have the experiences that the normal high schooler or even college athlete would have off the field, um, on the field at all. So you're right, to think about the entertainment value of the NIL deals now. Oh, my God. And to know that I was already placed in that, whether it was exploitation or whether I put myself into it, it's pretty interesting to know that, wow, you know, yikes.
0: Was it was it hard to deal with all that pressure? Like you said, four, you know, you, you, you throw out that 14 years old. Like, my daughters are 14 years old, yeah. and I can't get them to clean their fucking room. And then you're out there with, the, you know, Rockers was the program, and every every all eyes are on you from the time you were fourteen and everything else. When you look back at that, it's one thing to deal with that physically, like you said, you're playing seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year old guys, right? right? But what was more difficult, mentally handling that or physically?
4: Well, yeah, looking back at it, mentally it was handled because who can deal with that? You know, I come from a single mo- mother, you know, and you know her raising a son that she just essentially wants to stay, you know, healthy and you know, stay safe and make good grades so I can have a good life, whether the sports take me anywhere. You know, there's now no leadership of me having any understanding how to deal with this. So, you know, my Rockhurst experience is now separated being an athlete and then being a person that has to make good grades. And now you're just, you know, you're subject to just the people that are in there in that environment. That's why you got to lean on people like Coach Severino. What was
0: he like to play for because he's one of the most legendary coaches in – Kansas City history.
4: Coach Severino
0: um, takes
4: chances on players that um, he believes in and that believes in themselves. And I think, you know, that's one thing that he has to, you know, be recognized as because there's so many great players that he's inspired and there's so many great players he's really discovered. And that recruiting thing, I think that stuff has just picked up more in the last year or two, and that's like from other schools right now. That's I don't think that was our – you know, our background of what we do. I mean, our reputation carried itself. Like you said, Rockhurst used to be the school to go to. And so playing for him, just it was legendary. He was a good person. He understood things that I couldn't even comprehend. So going back to just what recruiting process was, he kept me as a kid, a 14-year-old kid, a 15-year-old boy, a 16-year-old. He tried to really humble me and not – let me get you know exposed to all the things that could potentially damage me forever so you know I look up I I can't it's it's amazing just thinking about what type of character and man he was as a coach and you know not to mention of the things that
0: he gave me the opportunity to do. So you get to Missouri you're playing for Gary Pinkle we had Brock Christopher and Andrew Jones talking about the experience of playing for Coach Pinkle how was it for you you're 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 the guy at Rockers for four years. Then you get to Mizzou. What was that transition like for you?
4: It was tough. Um, honestly, um, you know, coming into Mizzou, knowing that, you know, I came with the quarterback with Brad Smith. He's a running quarterback. Knowing that um, there were some great running backs with Damian Nash, Zach Abron, and seeing that, oh, damn. Know, those some names. You know, good seeing, backs. And seeing that, you know, I like – I'm a guy that touches the ball 20, 25 times at least a game. And so to know that to truly want to not only be a team player, but to put on from my city in Kansas City, like having my name on that board, that big board come on, you know, and saying it's from Kansas City, that means something from somebody that's from here. And so, you know, to have a transition going into an all-offense um, amazing offense of just passing and just having to change the whole thought process of what I was going to be as a player, as an athlete, as a teammate. You know, that was tough. It was a distrust for a while, I would say, with the University of Missouri and my relationship with them. Because you're right, I wanted to touch that ball 25, 30 times. As a matter of fact, I was number two behind Adrian Peterson. So to watch what he was doing his freshman year and me not have the opportunity to go touch the ball and do that, that was tough. So, you know, i I love how everything turned out because of the biggest experience I learned how to be a team player. You know.
0: So, so all the years I've known you, we've talked I've never asked you this question. So I'm I'm ge- curious oh my what goodness. T- here we go. Here we go. Oh he wants my to take goodness. the microphone <laughs> mic off. It's hot again. <laughs> one of the most the, one of the most controversial moments of your career was when your redshirt got yanked as a true freshman. Yeah. Right? And and so then in the business that I'm in, people debated that, well, why did they do this? Should they have done that and everything else? And that was And you're talking about 2004. That was still the time when Coach Pinkle kind of on the hot seat, still hadn't won everyone over yet, right? Because in 05 is when you guys won the Independence Bowl, and then 06, you know, Chase takes over, and then it's on. What what was that – what was your recollection of that and how you were involved? Yeah, you know,
4: first of all, I appreciate – you know, I don't think – I don't know why you guys think these players can remember all these damn stories back in the day. So (laughs) I'm going to say, especially these football players. So straight up, you know, I'm going to try to put it together. But, you know, what I do remember, um, I did not want my red shirt to get pulled because we were too far in the season. And, again, I was emotionally invested of wanting to play from the beginning of the year. I I wanted to play the first game, second game, third game, fourth game. Why am I not playing? I was inviting my whole entire family every single week oh, to come out, and then they would not play me. So, the disappointment each and every week of them promising me that I was going to play, and then I did not play for whatever reason. And then for my red shirt to be pulled in the way that it was, um, and then me not emotionally not, you know, wasn't ready to play, that was tough, you know. But at the same time, it brings to the reality of what I'm trying to say. I had the ability to play as a true freshman the very first game. They felt confident playing me for whatever reason. It just didn't work out. We had Damian Nash there. We had a a great running back right in front of me, and we had a great squad. And, um, you know, it just worked out that way. But needless to say, you know, that's something I, I did not want to happen. I'm glad it happened. You know, because it gave me my first experience and woke me up to say, "Hey, I better wake up," because these Nebraska—I think what they call them—the black shirts mm-hmm. back in the day—I mm-hmm. said this is dangerous. I said <laughs> it's a little bit, it's a little bit, a little bit quicker than Blue Springs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so that was your first game, but then your last game, two hundred and eighty-one yards and four touchdowns in the Cotton Bowl mm. against Arkansas, and you were inducted into the Cotton Bowl Hall of Fame? That's
4: crazy. Big time.
0: I mean, like, like, this is still somewhat new, so I don't know how many times you've been interviewed about it. You were inducted into the Cotton Bowl Hall of Fame. Tell me what that meant to you what, what, when you found out and what that was like to, to go down there, back to the scene of, of your greatest collegiate game and had that kind of honor bestowed upon you.
4: Well, I'll say the coolest thing is uh, Coach Gary Pinkle giving me that call and wanting to be the one that tells me that this is going to be something that happens and I'm going to be entering it with him. And so I thought that was just really stand up for him just to be the person that wanted to call me and give me that news straight up. And, um, you know, when you, you get to this age or, you know, time pass like this and you, you, know, you have your kids and children, to have something recognized like this is more for them. You know, um, my son is five years old and that was the first time he saw me run the ball is when he came to Dallas and watched it on the screen. So, you know, having those experience for my kids and my daughters and then being able to uh crystallize a speech to thank them and my tribe, those are the moments that I'm personally just honor and just can't believe that it's a thing. And of course, you know, having, you know, the the, the career that I had and, you know, I had higher expectations for my own self with my career and I'm sure other people and my own fans felt the same way. You know, it was awesome to end that way and to end my career exiting with 24 carries and however else the yards ended up. So, you know, that was a great team win, and, you know, it's a cool experience.
0: And so now you're still here in Kansas City, obviously. Both of you guys have gone on to do great things. And so the Mizzou fans that, uh, that don't know that are listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube, uh, first, Tony, tell people what you're doing now and how you're giving back to the community that you grew up in.
4: Well, you know, I I stayed in the wellness community and just, you know, just I just really believe that it's just so important to just take all the lessons and everything that you, you know, you go through in life and find a way to try to give that back by, um, you know, just serving your youth. But in short, you know, I I create youth programming for kids working on their social and emotional learning. Um, We do this through a work, a wellness workbook um, and. You know, I've had the honor to do that wellness workbook with my daughter's story. Um, she's 11 years old. She's in middle school, and she's wearing me out. And, um, you, know, you know, it's just been really cool to kind of just show her that, um, you know, how important it is just to get back to your community. So, you know, that, that's in short what I, you know, that, that we do. But it's just all about just kind of giving back to the people that just need that
0: equitable help. And, Jared Sutton, there, there are a few people in the world that I know that love basketball more than you do, every aspect of basketball. You come to, to with my son's and my daughter's basketball practice in grade school and giving clinics and giving speeches. And, uh, and you know, almost the, the, the polar opposite of how Tony went into Mizzou as a highly touted recruit that could have gone anywhere in the nation you had to work your ass off to go to Mizzou as a walk-on yep. when a lot of people, if you were to listened to a lot of people, you wouldn't have gone, but you went there, and because you took it to Mike Anderson uh, at, the, the, rec at the rec center <laughs> and took his ass to the hoop, you got a spot on the team. Yep. Uh, but now you've parlayed that into becoming uh, an NBA scout and, and working for the New Orleans Pelicans and following your dream of basketball. So tell people what that's been like and what you do and – and uh, how you've stayed in the sport that you love so much.
3: Yeah. Well, first off, I just got to say, when I was in high school, Tony's a little bit older than me, but there was a Friday. Why
0: why, why do you got to say that? Now, come on.
3: But not by much. Not by much. (laughs) Because I I, I I think I was a freshman in high school, and, uh, I mean, Tony Temple was the the talk of Kansas City, and... uh, me and some buddies were like, "We got to go see Tony play. Like, we need to go see him play." Everyone in high had to go see him play in high and, school, and I remember like sitting at Rockhurst, and I went to Oak Park, and man, I like those memories like are coming back. And just to share this moment with you, man, it's you did such a great things at Rockhurst and the legend here, and then went on to Mizzou, and just hearing your story is great. So it's that I have to say that while we're sitting here, but I appreciate you allowing me the opportunity, though. Like, yeah, with my my time at Mizzou and how I got kind of got on the basketball team. It's definitely a wild ride. Um, I, I got done playing at Oak Park. Uh, you know, solid high school player. I was probably going to go Division two, And uh, both my brothers had gone to Mizzou. And I knew Columbia really well, and I really wanted to be a Tiger. And uh, I probably, you know, at 17, 18 years old, I uh, was a little bit naive and thought, like, <laughs> well, I'll just walk on. Like, you know, I, there's got to be a chance I can walk on and go through the walk-on trout, not realizing, you know, how – difficult it is just to go through a walk-on tryout and make it um and so i go to mizzou freshman year um tryout they didn't keep anybody and they weren't keeping anybody they didn't have any roster spots so (laughs) there you go with my just being naive and not understanding like there's no way i was going to make it and so i thought well i'm going to come home and i'm going to go back and play division two basketball i had uh, northwest missouri state washburn uh, central missouri and then central arkansas was the only that's the biggest school that really was interested in me um, and I was just a shooter, um, you know. I, there was, there was, that was my role. And and at that time, like it was this evolution to really trying to identify shooters and guys that could come in and shoot the ball. Um, so I went to Northwest Missouri State, and it was probably like February of 2008. Um, and I, I I just I moved home. I was working out every single day with my AAU coach twice a day, um, and I was looking for an opportunity. And I go to Northwest Missouri State and played probably the best I've probably ever played, I would say. Like, I was playing in a pickup game with their team, and afterward their coach was like, we have a spot for you. So I get in the car with my parents, and I could tell, like, my mom my mom was like, you know, my mom went to Northwest Missouri State for the record. And she's like, so what are you thinking? Like, how is this going to go? And I said, I think if I did this, I want to try it again and see if I can go to Mizzou. And as a parent, I'm, I'm assuming she's thinking, you just left Mizzou. Like, what, you know? What are we doing yeah, here? We, need, we you? need you to get your right. academics, and, you know, we need you to find, like, your, you know, what you want to do. And um, it was a very, very stressful, tough time, and I ended up going back to Mizzou. And the first day, I, or it was the first week of school, I was in the rec center, and I was the only student in there, and I saw a group of professors playing pickup, and then I noticed Mike Anderson was playing, didn't think anything of it. <laughs> and, and they had a guy get hurt. They had a professor get hurt, so they only had nine. <laughs> and I'm running wind sprints on the side. And, like, just – I had class in, like, an hour. I was just <laughs> killing time. And they're like, you got you to gotta jump in. Like, we need, we need a tenth. And so I jump in, and Coach Anderson guards me, and I guard Coach Anderson. We played for two hours. What and just went at each other. Um, like he's, he's good, right? He played in college. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he, at that, and at that point he was in his mid forties. He could still play. <laughs> right. I mean, it was crazy. I'm like, dang, coach A's got serious game. Come on. I mean, he, he didn't know me. I mean, it was, Great. it was a, like the first time and I shot the ball really well. And at the end of that first time, they're like, Hey, you should come back and play again. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to do this. Obviously if coach A going to play, this is my best chance to kind of get looked at. <laughs> So I come back the the next – I think it was the next uh, – we played twice a week, so it was Thursday. And there was this play where Co- I, I deflected the ball away from Coach A, got a steal, and he didn't like that. So I so oh, go oh, down oh. and I go to shoot a layup, and he absolutely like, – he put his elbow right in my side and threw me. He's so strong, like deceptively <laughs> strong. We talk about this story all the time. <laughs> Mike Anderson knocked the Mike shit Mike Anderson of you. <laughs> threw me. And so much that it was so bad that I flew and I like landed on my head on the other side of the court. And these professors were like, what are you doing? You know, like they were like looking at Coach Anderson. They'll
0: steal the ball. And I them. knew, I knew in
3: my mind, I'm like, he's totally testing me right now. There's 100% he's testing me to see how I'm going to react to this. So I stood up, I walked right to the block, and then we were checking up, and he leaned over to me and just slapped me on the side of my hip. And I, I knew like. I knew he was just trying to test me. And we went back and forth, and I went right at him the rest of the the day. And then we played for two more weeks, and I still was nervous, though. I'm like, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. They do have a walk-on tryout. I don't know if they have any roster spots. And then Jeff Daniels, who was their basketball um, at the time, our basketball operations coordinator, was like, we think you should – Come out. We think you should try out for the team.
0: Tony, can, can that was you, kind of the story. <laughs> it's can crazy. Fucking, can you fucking imagine if you like to earn a spot on the football team, you had to play some pickup flag football against Coach Pinko, Guard Just, him uh, taking and shots had him knock Coach the Pinkle. shit out of you? <laughs> Oklahoma drill with <laughs> Coach Pinkle. Can yeah. you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> so then, so then, you 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 make it right. Yeah. But but something happened early on, with 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 now who's a, a dear friend of yours. Uh, Kim English, well, Lawrence no, Bowers. Lawrence Bowers, you want yeah. to tell that that story? Is this the shoe? Is this the you, shoe
3: story, or is it what's which, which story? What happened in
0: practice? The, the the bad one, the bad practice. The him getting hurt. Oh, that was my senior year. Yeah, that's terrible. Oh, that's a terrible. Yeah. Did, did, that's did a terrible you, day. Have you ever heard this story? Mm, no, I never see until you told me I never I never heard. I'm just trying to find different stories that yeah. other people haven't heard. Yeah. Tell the story about Lawrence Bowers.
3: So, senior senior year, Frank Hayes, first year. Um, there was a lot of unknown going into that year because Coach A had left. I think our I think the fan base was kind of like, well, we'll see what they do, what they do this year. It's a new head coach. No Nobody one, knew, no who Frank, knew who the fuck Frank Hath yeah was. exactly. Nobody knew who Frank Haith was. Like, that was a big, I mean, big a big part of it.
0: The, Mizzou's hired Frank Haith and it was like, what? Who the fuck yeah, is that?
3: but the the excitement of going to the Elite Eight our freshman year, and then we had a disappointing end to my junior year when we got knocked out by Cincinnati in the opening round, and we lost like I think it was four of our last five. And we had a lot of issues going on. That was probably the toughest time in my four years that we had, where we were, we were sideways. There was things going on with Coach A, and you could feel it. It was just – it's hard to describe. There was a lot of tension. Um, everybody knew it. And there, we knew there was going to be some serious changes. And I didn't think at the time, though, in the season that Coach A was leaving. I did not think that at all. I started to think that once we made the NCAA tournament and then there were some things taking place when we were in D.C. getting ready for the NCAA tournament – but fast forward to we hire Coach Eighth, um, really like grueling kind of off season uh, going into the summer and going into the fall. But we get ready to practice. It's like maybe two weeks before the season starts, and Lawrence Bowers had like a wingspan you could throw the ball anywhere. and Lawrence could go get it, you know, like he dunk balls, lob threat, all that stuff. And we were, we were playing in a pick pickup run. I caught the ball on, the, on, like, the short corner baseline, and he's running, rim running right down the lane, and he's got a step on Ricardo. And so I tried to lob it to him to go get it, and he, like, came up, like, a little – he was kind of hobbling down. He went to go grab this ball. It was very awkward, lands, and that's how he tears his ACL. Fuck. That and, – and I – at the time, oh. I thought – and Lawrence was tough as nails. Like, he played through injuries, and I'm like, oh, I think he'll be fine. And then I realized, like, he's not fine. And it was awful. We were roommates. Like he's one of my best friends. He's Grim's been to my wedding, and like we, he jokes with me your, now. Your godfather's child. But the, at the time, that was one of the worst feelings ever. Leaving the facility because I thought like, not only was he such a huge part of our teams, but he's a senior with us, and like we're gonna graduate together. It was the whole thing. Like our class staying together, and that was kind of a big deal with Marcus and Kim and Lawrence and like nobody was leaving. Um, now everybody leaves, but we wanted to keep our <laughs> class together, and uh, so it was just a real, like. I've had so much guilt for the longest time, and we met as a – and that night he, he told me that it was – he tore his ACL, and um, we met as a team the next day. And uh, it felt like – like a, not, I don't want to say a death because I think that's a little bit aggressive, but it was it was a horrible feeling. Like, it was terrible. Sure. It was like your, your best friend, your brother is done for the year. And we were getting ready for this. Like, we were ready to play. Like, we were getting ready to start the season – and it was a freak thing. I mean, he—it's something he does all the time too. Where he, oh, it's a bad pass, and Lawrence just goes and gets it. He was—that's what he did. Um, and he gives me a hard time now. He's like, "Yeah, you—you you know, you tore my ACL. Thanks, man." and, uh, and I'm like, I, I always still feel kind of guilty about it. But uh, it was a freak, freak thing. And but it ended up like Kim played the four that year, and it changed everything of how we played. And I think it's why—I mean, Lawrence would have definitely helped us. We needed depth. We were so thin. So to say like, oh, would you have been really good if if Lawrence was playing at the four and then Kim was back to the three – I still think we would have been a really good team for Coach Heath because we needed the depth, but Kim at the four was a problem for everybody, and I think it's a big reason why we won 30 games that year.
0: And for depth, you had to go get the fucking guy like Andrew Jones.
3: <laughs> we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk <laughs> him on the <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Right. That's a whole nother bag. Yeah, oh, yeah, we'll yeah, find a whole out. other bunch okay. of worms there. And so then
0: fast forward now, working for the, uh, for yeah. the New Orleans Pelicans, you're doing what you want to do.
3: Yeah, it's a my dream job. At, I mean, kind of similar to how I made the team at Mizzou. Like, you know, I had to go the unconventional way. I... Worked in the D-League right out of school, lived in Santa Cruz. You stalked people at hotel lobbies? I lived in a hotel for about six months. It was rough. Um, But it was part of the internship. Uh, So they put me up with the team. It was great. Uh, We had Seth Curry, uh, Steph Curry's brother, uh, Michael Thompson, Clay Thompson's brother. We were a really good team, actually, that year. Um, Learned a ton. Uh, got into player personnel and loved it and I knew that's what I wanted to do by the way
0: look how menacing Andrew Jones I know is just I'm just waiting scary. for him to say time. I know it's, he wants to say something try, I always
3: try to like just to avoid it you won't even make eye contact he, with he, him it looks like that was your roommate on the road <laughs>
0: right yeah, there's like some animosity here that I don't <laughs> know what's going on so go ahead I'm so, sorry
3: so there was a guy Brian Scalabrini I don't know if anybody knows but Brian was the Red Mamba if you will Um The the, the (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, he was on our staff. Uh, He's the only assistant coach in NBA history to get demoted by Mark Jackson (laughs) to Santa Cruz, and and it ended up being a blessing in disguise for me because I got to know him really well, and he's like, look, if you want to go do this, do not come back to the G League. You're going to get pulled in here, and if you stay here, you're going to get stuck here. And he was right, and at the time, the SEC Network was launching – and they needed a color commentator for a zoo basketball, and they couldn't find anybody. And Ben Arnett was like, "You have to do this. Like, we need we need somebody." And I had no broadcast experience at all.
0: But you had the hair.
3: <laughs> but I had the. <laughs> but I had the hair. Um, and so Ben and Ben was like, "Yeah, you got to You know, you should do this." And so I got into that. I started meeting a lot of coaches. And You're great at it, by the way. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. I it's, agree. I, uh, thank you. Sure. Appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, it's. It's, I love it. It's my way to get back to the program. But, but long story short, Scalabrini was like, you need to get, if you want to get into player personnel, get out, start meeting people. I met a bunch of different coaches. Uh, Coach Anderson was a huge help. Coach Haith was a huge help. But got to meet Trajan Langdon, former Duke Blue Devil, and I've worked for him ever since, and he's our general manager in New Orleans. So it's kind of all come full circle.
0: And if, you, uh, if you're a basketball nerd, uh, Jarrett and I do a, a, a podcast all about basketball, high school, college, NBA, uh, House of Hustle. That's brought to you by Charlie Hustle twice a month. You can watch it on YouTube, Spotify, whatever. We had our first episode drop yesterday preview in uh, Mizzou, K-State and KU. And so uh, we'll do that twice. We're going to have Sophie Cunningham on there. Yep. We're going to have uh, Phil, Phil, Phil Pressey, who's on the Celtic staff. Oh, yeah. uh, and so you can watch that or listen to that twice a month. Yep. Jared Sutton. We're gonna, we're gonna now back back like in your basketball days. We're gonna rotate someone in here now, cause there's different people that wanna be on with, with Tony Temple.
3: That's right. All right, I, I, I'm I'm honored that I get to be on with Tony Temple first. And it, I, it seems like that.
0: it seems like Andrew Jones is beckoning. You, I think so he's you mad at me because things. of that. I think he's okay. like,
3: wait, how does Jared get this? Go back? settle
0: something right now. Somebody bring my dad over here, uh-huh. Steve St. John Senior. He's gonna act like he doesn't hear me. Get <laughs> over here. Come on. Okay, now you hand your microphone off to Steve St. John Sr. We'll figure this out. This is going to be a little bit of a reunion, Tony. And I know you probably got to run, so we'll let you go. But I wanted to – this is a special uh, on-camera reunion. As Tony Temple says goodbye to Jared Sutton. Don't look at me like that. Come on. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, man's right. And Tony doesn't know if he wants to stay on this podcast right now. Come on in here. This is my dad, Steve St. John Sr. (laughs) He's a regular guest on uh, Hot Mic with SSJ. Now get this on here. Get the headset on. Okay, now we have a mini reunion here on the air with uh, Tony Temple and my dad, Steve. <laughs> my dad's already pissed off. Steve St. John Sr. And the way I say this is a reunion, back in 2013, <laughs> can't even talk about it without laughing. Back in 2013, we, we come up with the idea that we're going to drive to Atlanta because Mizzou made the SEC championship game. And in theory, it was a great idea. It really was. I had access to the tickets. I'm all fired up. And so it's going to be me and my two sons – and my buddy Sam, who's here. Uh, so this is a reunion. And yeah. then uh, – and so then uh, – but I really – I don't like to drive, right? It's a long trip. And so I'm talking to my dad on the phone, and my dad said, well, I'll drive you guys. I'll go, I'll, I'll go down there. Uh, I said, okay, I'll get you a ticket to the game and everything else. So – and, and you're not the biggest sports fan, but you wanted to go because you like, you're, you're a great wheel man. You like to hit the road. You like right, to be out there. Right. Uh, and so he agrees. And then a couple of days <laughs> – so this is already going to be a disaster, the group that we have right now, between my two sons, me, my dad, and Sam. And so then you call me and you say, hey, are you going to Atlanta? <laughs> going to Atlanta? I said, yeah, we're going. He goes, can I get with you? I said, yeah, <laughs> ride right down with us. I said, I'm just going to tell you right now, my dad's going to be with us, so this will be somewhat of a different kind of trip, so just be prepared. And you were, I remember he was like, what do you mean? I go, I, there's nothing I can say to to." explain what I mean but just just be ready. And so we all pile in, we take my wife's car which is like a Taurus X kind of SUV whatever and so, so, luck would have it, it's one of the worst fucking ice storms that in the, history. In the history of anything, right? We drive through, we get to Cape Girardo, and the entire town That's is nice. fucking shut down. It like it like o'clock, 7 o'clock, like a Friday night at 7. There's nothing open. One thing that's open, steak and shake. So we get the steak and shake. We go in there, and we're just happy we found something steak and shake, right? And we are just starting to get into the bad weather. And we're thinking, you know what, it'll blow over. We'll drive out of this thing, and it's not going to be fucking bad. So we get in there, and I'm having my dad drive. And we get a little bit outside of Cape Girardeau. And my dad, you have to understand something, my dad won't function, can't function without coffee at all times. He needs coffee. Every fucking hour, right? You gotta have the coffee. So we go into this shitty little gas station and there's no coffee and he's fucking hot. He goes, I gotta have coffee. And so uh, so I think my buddy said, it might have been you. You said, well, what about an energy drink? <laughs> and so my dad had never, so this is my dad <laughs> had never had an energy drink before. He never had one, right? And so he, but see, he just doesn't get a fucking, like a normal Red Bull. Yeah. He goes and gets this boom. double giant, like so like high octane, you know, <laughs> fucking kilometers. you know, like gas fuel or whatever, something that you sh- no uh, one should fucking I drink. To drove to California. Right, right, he, he gets it, right? And and so I I, I I we we get it. We walk out there, and I look around, and I go, "Where's the energy drink at?" And he goes, "I fucking drank it." <laughs> <laughs> I said before, you can't we, do that. Before said, we get, before we got in the car, he just fucking downed it because he thought I don't know. He, he, he then he'd be awake. I said, you and, can't. He, and he gets on. We get in the car, and he's his feet fucking, fucking, holding that fucking steering wheel like this. You know, his eyes are wide open. And I know one thing, he ain't falling asleep. I can tell you that. Everyone else, not everyone asleep. else is going. 20 miles an hour because that's the most you can go in this fucking storm. He's driving so fucking aggressive and everything's, you know, God damn it, get the fuck out
3: of the way. And
0: I'm looking around I'm thinking, you know what, this is it. This is the way we go. This is a hell of a storm. You know, whatever. I mean, do you, do you remember that? Do you remember... We and, and he even said he goes I can drive to California and I'm fine. We don't we don't have to stop and go nowhere because we're going to stop and get a hotel. He didn't want to. No, he was. But, g- no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this no, so it's fine. This is you're okay. okay. It's, I, I'm Mike. And so what, what what is your recollection of that? Because it was a very. Uh, I was a safe we, we, driver. Well, we I don't know if that's there was a lot of curse words. There was a lot of accusations of <laughs> threats. What did you? What do you remember about that part of the trip, Tony?
4: That part of the trip was insane, and
0: <laughs>
4: and like you said, it he he didn't he was in overdrive. Right. And, oh, um, he was in overdrive. The car and him. He was in overdrive, and I do I remember it was the first energy drink ever, and I said you can't do it. I remember grabbing. I says your heart okay? <laughs> yeah. And I feel great. Racing. And I remember <laughs> just sliding through traffic. We're gliding
0: through traffic and holding on and. Um, that was insane. Uh, so we almost, uh, so then in Atlanta, uh, he almost got into a fight with a guy on the on the train or the trip, whatever, whatever the fucking deal is there. We did, didn't we? I and, forgot about and, that. Right, right. Yeah,
4: he, you said he was disrespectful.
0: Then we, we almost got into a fight with some <laughs> Auburn fans after the game, getting off the <laughs> elevator, and we went in front of them because we were all in the elevator with a couple of Auburn fans, and they were being cool, a couple of guys, right. And we had just lost the SEC championship game. I was upset, but my two boys. So, this is in fucking 2013. Yeah, so, Phil babies. was. Well, Phil was 10, and Richie would have been 15. And so. Uh, I remember we we're all, all. You know, and it was a good game, and, and they weren't saying nothing. And then they get out of the elevator, and walking away, what they don't realize is they think we're staying on the elevator. We are also getting out of the elevator because it's our, our floor as well. And they shout out, you know, Missouri fucking sucks, fuck you. Thinking that, as they, as the doors closing, thinking we're still in the elevator. They turn around, we're fucking standing right there. And, we, and they're in front of the hotel. And we went over there and fucking, and I looked at, at Phil, yeah. and Phil had these kind of tears in his eyes. He was still upset about the game. And I was almost like, what are you going to do, Dad? And I got fucking all Dad mad, and I walked over, you motherfuckers. And we, 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 we I think we threatened them, told them they got to stay in their hotel room the rest of the night, <laughs> and if they come out of their fucking hotel room, we're going to beat the shit out of them. I think that's how it went. And it was me, Sam, hey, you, Sam. my. <laughs> Sam, don't shake your head. Sam's like it. Sam shaking yeah, his head. Like, so that, that was in the, and then – They stayed we, in the uh, You're you leaving? You're out of here? Brock it's, Christopher's gone. Okay, Brock Christopher's out. Stay here. Brock Christopher, who uh, we're gonna have to have you on again uh, on the uh, on hot mic with exactly. SSJ. Brock Christopher nice is to out. Meet you. Uh, great linebacker at Mizzou. And so, um, do you remember the like the meal that we had at the what was it, the Atlanta Seafood Company? Do you, you remember that we had a great uh, after yeah. the, we had a great fucking one of the best meals I've had ever. Uh, but then driving home, we're saying that. Okay, so driving home Sunday morning. We decide to stop at Varsity Hot Dog, okay? And here's, here's, let me tell you something. There's places you should stop and eat before you have a fucking 13-hour road trip and places you shouldn't stop and eat. And one of them that you shouldn't is Varsity Hot Dog. Because we we're eating chili dogs, we're eating hot dogs, we're eating everything else. And I remember we were in line. You told the story earlier. And they, <laughs> I guess they, they had their, their famous peach pies are known for. Yeah. And so what, so what do you remember about that? What happened, what happened there when we got up there to order and Tony was interested in well, getting Well, we the, was in good shape. We right? had no
1: problem. If you wanted chili, you said chili. If you wanted relish, you said relish. But Tony said, are those real peaches? And the guy said, what did you say? He said, are those real peaches? She said, I'll tell you goddamn what. She went around and grabbed him by the arms. and said, you bring your ass back here in the kitchen, and you can see if they're real peaches or not. The hell do you think you're at? This is Atlanta. And he was looking at her kind of. Befuddled. I didn't know what was going on. I thought she was kidding, but she was legitimately he, mad. He must have she must or something. Well, you, you know? you, you,
0: you, you, I don't think you add. I think that's the no no in Atlanta. You don't ask about the, the peach. I don't no, like that no and and I don't
1: know what happened. She said, What do you think? Are they, <laughs> you tasting them? Are they real peaches? He said, Yes, ma'am, they are. Right. Yeah. She got aggressive. Get out of there. She did.
4: And I told her, You know, I'm from Missouri. I'm from the show me state. And yeah. That's right. And that's how it all, you know. She showed you.
0: And she showed me. So here we go. So then we eat a lot. I mean, we're the do- hot mean, dogs, we,
4: fries. They're looking like Sonic Coney dogs. Right. We like yeah. just terrible. ate everything. We shouldn't be. Okay. So shouldn't. then,
0: we're on the road for about forty-five minutes, and he starts to fidget a little bit in the, in the seat. And I know what's going to happen. It's hitting him. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to shit quick. Right. He's got to find somewhere. And we're There's just. We're now. not in a very populated area at that point. <laughs> he's going. <laughs> I gotta find somewhere. I gotta find somewhere fast. And like it got, it went from zero to hundred quick, you know. And we're all looking around like we want you to find somewhere. (laughs) And so, and so I remember. There's this little, this little gas station, and he's so relieved. And you know how sometimes you have to go to the bathroom really bad, (laughs) you know, and then you see the bathroom, but then you're like, oh, okay, I don't have to hold him. I'm gonna make it in there. He fucking gets out and he moves faster than I've ever seen him move in his yeah. life. He hops out of the, like this fucking NASCAR. he gets out of there, runs, runs in there, yeah. and he goes and he lunges for the door, and we can see <laughs> from out in the car, and he goes to reach for the bathroom, <laughs> Someone's in there, it's locked. <laughs> and you see my he goes he goes. <laughs> He's holding. And you know, that's the himself, worst. And he's holding. And he goes and leans up like he gets a display of, of oil or something. He's, he's hurting himself. Son goes, oh shit, go, He's gonna shoot the thing off. And he's and the, and you could. Turn, and he was ready. <laughs> and he was. ready He was so ready and, to go. That's right. Then, that's the worst. And then finally, someone someone comes out of there and he goes in there. I <laughs> oh, would not want to follow him in the bathroom. And so we made that. So then, so then we, <laughs> so then we go. Sam, what do we get to put? What, what do we put under a seat? What was it? So we, we so we go to some store. Where we got a bunch of snacks, right? And we got was it some beef jerky or some kind of snacks or whatever? And we opened it up, and it smelled like like shit. It was terrible. And he got roommates. Who's eating that shit back there? Throwing out of there. And so so we pull over. Right? He was he was not happy at this point. And so he goes in to use the bathroom to get the thing. <laughs> and Sam goes, <laughs> goes, give me that bag of stuff. And he takes it, and he opens a real bag and shoves it under the seat where my dad's driving. And, <laughs> and, and you know, we told him to do it away. And we we're all real quiet. <laughs> and he started driving. Mama, mama. And, my, and my dad, as so he starts driving, <laughs> we, we I still smell that. And we threw it away. <laughs> and this went on for about an hour. He was pissed off. <laughs> and then... You you remember what happened when uh, so then he started to kind of wind down a little bit and you said you would <laughs> you would drive yeah and you got behind the wheel for about fifteen or twenty minutes and it, it didn't go well yeah, and it, then what happened you 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 said I'm
4: no one's driving yeah you took you took the steering
0: wheel over this. yeah that's right no so one drive again do you remember do you remember any of these stories or do you
3: uh yeah yeah unfortunately right.
0: But it was a great trip, even though they lost. That was one of the it greatest trips trip, yeah. greatest road trip I've ever so had. So we had one pending.
4: We were this close to having a pending return, yeah. Yeah. Chapter 2, you know, with this
0: last, you know, Georgia game. But oh, we talked about it down. did somebody the, yeah. almost fall
1: out of the rail, fall, fall out of the oh, balcony? Oh,
0: shit, that's right. We were up in the upper level. in the. <laughs> you said you got to leave oh, at all at 7? Okay. Okay, we, five minutes. Give me five minutes, okay? So, yeah, I was we were sitting on the set of, of the Georgia Dome, the second row of the upper level, and it was me and my dad and the boys, and we're just, we're just fucking standing there, fucking pregame. I'm like, oh, yeah, everything's going you know, Look, look at DGB out there, catch your fucking pet, whatever. And all of a sudden, like, he fucking dropped from the sky. Some <sighs> guy falls on me. <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck? And so apparently some guy that was right behind us had gotten up and he had been drinking, and he he got dizzy and passed out and fell on me. And if I wasn't standing up looking at the players, he would have fallen off that fucking thing, and they would have had a death of the SEC championship (laughs) game. But he he just just fell on me, and I collapsed under his weight. And, and so th- that was, yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah, what happened. saved his life. I saved his fucking life. And he thanked me. I did <laughs> I did it inadvertently. And uh, I should have let him go. Broke my fucking uh, arm or whatever. Steve St. John Sr., thank you for stopping by. Do you have anything to say to Tony Temple on this podcast? Because we're, ro- we're rotating guests in and out. Want to go on a road trip with him? We, I'm ready. Hey, we, you will will you? man. You got to drive, though. I'll
3: drive. I'll, I'll, he, it don't yeah.
4: make any difference. Give you me sure? an energy drink. I <laughs> oh, got, got you one. We'll, we'll get him an energy the, drink. The, the All mid-winds. right.
0: That's my dad, Steve St. John Sr., Tony, thank you so much for coming down here and being part of this. I hope it was fun for you, and I hope that uh, that didn't bring back too many bad, bad memories about, the, about that fucking car trip and my dad almost shitting his pants in the, no. on the way back home from Atlanta. Round two. That's right, round two. All right, we'll be uh, back with another segment of Hot Mike with SSJ. All right, we continue with Hot Mike with SSJ down here live at J. Rieger Distillery. As my dad just attempted to walk right in front of the fucking camera while we're recording, <laughs> but that's fine. We get it. He's enjoying it's himself. Like, Is he? He's a, yeah. Okay, he so knows. Jared Sutton, I'm just going to call you out. You tried to leave. I did. And I know you've got, you've got I do have a to busy leave, life. But, yes. But you, 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 I feel like you were trying to avoid what's coming next. Andrew was going to try to fight me if I didn't Andrew leave. Jones, again, we told the story. Andrew Jones was a tight end on the football team. And then the basketball team needed some help, needed some depth. Yep. So Andrew, what? So what happens? You, what? What do you remember? How did Andrew Jones end up on the fucking basketball team?
3: You can tell better. I just remember Andrew just walking into practice one day, and I'm like, <laughs> I know that guy. Oh, cool. He's invited kind of, or he's run. He's invited, got a, invited. He's got a
0: practice jersey on. That's cool. Who they, reached they, out and, and, and told you that they needed you? How did that happen? Well, so
2: one night we're at uh, tutoring at, over at the Massey, and Marcus Dimon's like, he always called me Drew. He's like, Yo, Drew, you gonna join the basketball team or not? <laughs> I'm like, well, this is the first I heard of it. What's right. going on? He's like, what well, you know. Choose the do assistant coach from Pump and Run. I'm like, okay. Wh- I mean, what the fuck's going on? I have no idea what you're even talking about. He's right. like, what does that mean? He's like, well, you know, Elbow blew his knee out. I'm like, no, I had no idea. And I'm like, yeah, have him call me. Sure. He's like, ah, shit, you're not gonna do it. Whatever. I'm like, okay, whatever. So the next day, some guy named Toby Lane, who I'd never heard of, calls me. He's the <laughs> basketball operation. He's like, <laughs> He was our ops guy. Yep. He's like, Hey, what size shoe do you wear? I'm like, Who is this? He's like, It's, <laughs> it's Coach Lane, you know, from the basketball. Marcus told me you want to join the team. Like, oh, yeah, I'm a double X. I wear size 15. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see you at practice tomorrow. We already touched to Coach Pinkle. I'm like, Are you sure? He's like,
0: Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. But you were all in. You wanted to do it. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I thought it was kind of a fucking joke or something. <laughs> <laughs> so you walk in, he walks into basketball practice, So what do you think when you see this guy walk into bat- basketball practice?
3: I think we're going to do some sort of, like, the Oklahoma drill or right. something, like, you know, all physical tackle football on the court or something like that. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. But I did actually think at the time, like, we kind of need a guy that's, like, a muscle, physical guy for practice to, like, Ricardo was huge and we needed, like, we needed that. Yeah, Ricard- needed Ricard- Ricardo
2: shot like what seventy five percent from yeah, the field, and you were a big part of that. And you know, Coach Hayes was like, "Yeah, just when you guard Ricardo, just stick your forearm in his back and just push him as hard as you can. If you can move him, you move him. If you don't, you don't." Whatever. I'm like, All right, well, that doesn't sound too bad. And plus, now everyone knows what my face actually
0: looks like. I don't have a football helmet. <laughs> Unlimited bar taps. There we go. Unlimited it's chicks. Gonna it's going to make, make this things great. happen in Columbia. Okay, so in, in the effort of time constraints here. Because Jared Sutton said he will only and be it, on the air with Andrew Jones for Andrew a Andrew was a moments. good high school basketball player for, right. f- no, for the record. Yeah, right. He was a very good high school Oh, we basketball. found out he had the game when he shot against Brock Christopher. Might have Brock changed, Christopher changed his body his for football
3: a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, to... mean,
2: you know, full transparency, out of high school. I mean, a Creighton for me a scholarship. Missouri State, um, you know, some like – He was a baller. Yeah, he's a hooper. Some Missouri Valley schools. I mean, I, if you're familiar with Mocan today, yeah. I was on the first-ever Mocan basketball team. Um, so, I mean, I was – back then, I mean, AAU basketball – Everyone wants to shoot the ball. You kind of always need a 6'5 white guy that wants to set picks and rebound. <laughs> and and you people, fit the bill. That was kind of my job, and I was like, you know what, this is pretty fun because I don't want to shoot because they're going to block it and it's going to hit me back in the nose.
0: So <laughs> then you guys end up as roommates on the road. Yes. Is that right? Yep. How did that happen?
3: That's a great question. I, I mean, Who put I, you guys together? I
0: lived with Steve
3: Moore – or I lived. I, I roomed with Steve Moore on the road the first three years, and – You came after the football season, right? Well, because – I think because
2: you and I were the only two on the team that had already graduated because you're a year older than I am, but Coach Pinkle made us all go to summer school, so I graduated in December after three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And so then they're like, okay, the rest of the team on road trip has to do study hall and all this shit. We'll let Jarrett and AJ go fuck around. However, (laughs) Jarrett was too big of a square to want to do anything fun, (laughs) so I went and had fun while he was sitting back there, you know – Reading or something stupid like that. Sitting back
0: reading. Okay, so Sending now. back reading. Interesting. He says that he still has a scar from an incident. What what, what happened that, that led it, to you leaving him with a scar? It's College Station, right? Well, this is, uh,
2: this is after this rat fuck told on me for going to buy a six-pack of beer. What are you talking about? On Super Bowl Sunday in Stillwater, Oklahoma, when the Patriots lost to the Giants. I said, hey, let's walk down the bar and go out. He's Who did a, this? You did. You said, we can't go to the bar. What do you mean? We oh, can't- I, yeah, I said we couldn't go to the bar. <laughs> we I didn't can't leave- you out. <laughs> we can't leave the hotel room. What are you talking about? I said, well, I'm going to go get some beer, because
3: I'm not watching the Super Bowl without drinking beer. I mean, what the fuck are you talking right? about? Right, yeah. He's like, you can't do that. <laughs> I love how, I mean, I don't remember it going specifically this way, but, yes, I appreciate that. I'm like, <laughs> listen here, you rat fuck. I'm going to go get some beer. <laughs> We're staying at the Courtyard by
2: Marriott in Stillwater, Oklahoma. He was so uncomfortable. He watched the Super Bowl in the bedroom of the hotel. I watched it in the living space because I, I was cracking Miller Lights, drinking. them, having a great time, and he was nervous that as did shit. Not, that did not actually take place. Jared, uh, he, just he, for the
3: give, give us give
0: us your version of that.
3: Well, I I only remember watching the Super Bowl with the team in Lawrence, Kansas, when because that was when the Packers won the Super Bowl, with Aaron Rodgers, and I remember sitting at the ho- at the hotel like lobby area, because we all wanted to watch the Super Bowl together, and then I remember being. Like, oh, Andrew wants to drink beers, and I was like, we're on a road trip. Like, you were a, a very good football player. I was like, I'm not going to be partaking in the beer part. But I supported it, and I definitely did not rat you out, though. That's for sure. You can, you can admit that, that I did not rat you. I, I was he, cool with everything you did.
2: He actually turned me in, too, because they took our cell phones the night before the games. They did I, do that. And they I gave him a fake cell phone. Because Hallis was gonna text all the chicks and let them know what. Bar Did see some of this stuff
3: I'm
0: just learning. Did you he know, give you a burner? He might have. I don't. You <laughs> might have. <laughs> so what led to the scar? Who's gonna tell this story? This I can the story. tell the story. Okay. This is how it goes. He was a
3: smartass. No. So whenever, like, you know, we, we would go to like walk through or like something where it wasn't like we were physically like in practice. It was like we had a, a walk through at Texas A&M. We're on the bus and. Multiple guys will attest to this. We would get on the bus, and if Andrew hadn't gotten his, like, physicality out in practice, he'd just come up to you and just, like, hit you in the shoulder on the bus and, like, put you in a headlock on the bus, and it was just kind of like, okay, you know. Because I wasn't a pussy. (laughs) Right, (laughs) exactly. So we get back to the, the, the hotel, and I remember this vividly. We're walking to the elevator. It's just me and Andrew, and I could tell, like, Andrew just wants to, like, you know r- rough, rough house, rough house. He, I could just tell I'm like I know it's so we get in the ele- ele- elevator he stands right next to me We're we're two, he's like shoulder to shoulder to me. and he just gets his key card out and I'm getting ready to walk out and he was joking and he he goes to like my neck and he cuts the side of my neck with his with his key card and there was legit, like, you know, there's some blood. Because you there have thin skin. Because I have thin skin. So there why you did you do that? Yeah, why what did you ha- do that? What, 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 what happened? What, what led we... up to that? Because he doesn't like to participate in the stuff
2: that I enjoy <laughs> participating. I mean, so, you know. Vote. But I, su- I, I did support it. I just didn't partake. So right. Jaron and I actually knew each other in high school. So. True. I think maybe the first time we ran into each other was at an Oak Park homecoming dance or something, and, mm-hmm. oh. you know, I'd look over in the corner and I'd be like, you know, who's who's the tall guy over there just drinking the punch while I'm out here, you know, <laughs> dancing and having a good time? Like, oh, that's Jarrett. <laughs> you know, he's the guy on the basketball team. Because at the time, weren't you originally go to UCM? Yeah. I mean, wasn't that original? Yeah. Origin- yeah. Like, oh, he's going to UCM to play basketball. i like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to Mizzou to play football. I'll just take all the girls in. And uh, he was over wow. the corner, yeah. eating wow. popcorn, drinking eating punch. Eating popcorn. I'm having a good time. Everyone was like, "Damn, this guy's awesome." I wish he didn't go to Smithville. I wish he went to Oak because, you know, Jared's kind of lame, hey, and you're
3: awesome. Everybody's got a story, you know. It's it's whatever. The it, the what I how I remember it. He was friends with a, a group of girls that were a year younger than me. So you're, you're all the girls that went to St. Charles. All the girls that went to St. Charles. So uh, and oh, I mean, Oak Park was a great high school. We had. Great, great people all throughout high school that, like, great great time, a lot of fun. And the first time I, I remember actually meeting you was at a – I think it was post-homecoming. There was a party at one of the girls' house. And I remember God. thinking, okay, there's Andrew. I, knew, I think you had committed already, possibly, or you, I knew you were going to Mizzou. Probably out of control. And I remember I had seen you play basketball, like, the week – because it was the William Jewell tournament, I think. Oh. that you. And I remember you had gotten, like, into it with somebody – And I'm like, I I was like, I'm never, ever messing with that guy. There's no chance I'm messing with that guy. And then I run into him at a party after the homecoming dance. I'm like, maybe I should stay But it was good? You guys were good? Yeah. But then when he got on the basketball team, like, I still was like, you know, I I met Andrew. I knew Andrew. But then, like, once he made the basketball team, it was awesome because he brought something that was totally unique to what we kind of needed. And he really did a nice job in his role, too. When they
0: told you you were going to be roommates, were you you like, oh, shit.
3: Oh, boy. (laughs) I was like, I think it'll be great. It'll be. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of things. There's going to be a lot of stories. I'm going
0: to learn so much. I mean,
3: I wish I could, like, like Tony said earlier, like, I wish I could remember a lot of the stories, but this, the, definitely the ones I remember most is just like, I, I'm like, Andrew's bored. I know he's bored. Like, he's, <laughs> he wants to go do something right. I think it was Omaha. NCAA tournament when you, we we shot pool. We went out and shot pool. Oh, yeah. we got-
2: I forced him to come shoot pool with me and drink a couple beers. He's like, we can't
3: drink any beers. I
2: didn't we drink a beers. In- <laughs> We're on
3: the NCAA tournament. We're getting ready to play. We like, have a game in four days. <laughs> yeah. How can we have a couple beers and shoot pools? Like, <laughs> I went and I went shot pool. I was like, I can't drink beers on the road trips, man. How am I, I supposed drink to drink beers. How am I supposed to look like Bad a Ken Barbie doll? There's oh, mizzou. So there's don't. You know, I'm like, I can't. I can't be drinking. All but right. we did go. That was a good time, though. Yeah, that we, we
2: shot pool. Had a good time. And, um, and it was just us two. Then I, I didn't see him for a couple years, and then I
3: saw him at a Chiefs game not long after that. And for some reason. Can you first tell what you were wearing at the Chiefs game? Do you remember possibly what you were wearing?
2: Can you give me a hint?
3: There was some, some <laughs> jorts, some, some jean shorts. There was a cutoff. There was a, maybe a cowboy. You look like Jared Allen. I don't have a fucking cutoff or George. <laughs> I think Are you... Are d- fucking with me? No, I'm not. I so swear. So the game? Because I'm like... I choked go.
0: him unconscious in the concession stand line. What? No, 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 no. No, wait, wait. So you saw him in the concession stand line. Not unconscious. Did he see you? <laughs> he did choke me in the So you, walk, you, walk, you walked up to him and, and just I choked him out? I no, I saw. walked behind him. Oh, so I yeah. could
3: go... I was in a great conversation uh, getting ready to go to the concession stand. And uh, next thing I know... Um, he can't a man, breathe. A man puts his arm around my throat. You didn't know it was him. And my friends are like, what the, you know, like fr- freaking out, like what's going on? Because and the then friends, I turn around and I'm like, okay. Yeah, because the
2: friends that Jarrett runs around with, if, if he was getting choked out, they would just get scared and run off. The friends I run around <laughs> Not with. true. If Not I true. got choked
3: out, they would retaliate so I wasn't Fair. unconscious. Fair. Fair. So, I didn't. I did not lose consciousness, for the record. Right. It, was, just it blocked, was. It just was. It was a strong a grab. It was a strong grab. Yeah. It was a strong grab.
2: Should we reenact it for film? <laughs> no. um, wow. Please don't. So please th- that
0: we 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 we're, we're we're done with our with our special Mizzou podcast. I don't know what was just said over the past two hours, uh, but I think it was entertaining. And again, all because we're down here at Jay Rieger and Company Distillery for the Six Columns Bourbon release, now available in stores. All, uh, all over the city, on both sides of the state line. And so I want to thank you, Jared Sutton, your valuable contributor and member of the Sports Radio 810 family and our podcast, House of Hustle. Uh, Andrew Jones, your good friend that uh, of mine that we text back and forth bullshit on game days and we stress out with each other about whether or not Mizzou's going to win or why the fuck did he throw that ball to a 350-pound defensive lineman. We're not going to get into that. But uh, now after this performance, uh, you are going to be a regular guest now. You're going to be part of the Hot Mic with SSJ Universe.
2: Because, well, Jarrett and I, we only got 12 minutes. Brock and I got 45. Well, he,
0: he wants to leave. I
2: have I, to leave. It's not a want to leave. I have to leave. Tim,
0: he's, dim. he's got to go.
2: I've got bones to pick. i got issues to solve. That's
0: why we have episode two. That's, That's why, why you're you on We've got, we got
2: a lot of other issues that I need to talk to Jared about. Will
0: you come back? If This know is why we were so great as roommates right here. We it, had no.
2: long talks and conversations. Right. I, gr- I grabbed him by the shoulder over there, and I said,
3: Why do you got to leave? He said, Well, my, my wife has to make me dinner. No, no, no. I'm going out of town for work. He's a newlywed. I'm a he's newlywed. A beautiful we, wife. We, 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 we have dinner the night before I go out. That's right. We,
0: you know what? That's it's exactly a you, know, right. you, know what my,
2: you know what my wife told me tonight. We've been married 10 years. Stay said, on. <laughs> no, she said, I'm so proud of you. You're taking Uber all the way to the radio show. That was good. good I
0: was, was proud of him, too. I'm very proud of All right, of him. So, so that's uh, Andrew Jones. It, that's it, Jared Sutton. B-
2: before we wrap it up, you know, in case my dad, uh, Big Carl, is listening. He's Big been dealing with some uh, bad dementia. I hope to uh, be able to have you listen to this tomorrow. And plus, my sister's coming home in April, so we got some big news coming to the uh, Jones house there in Parkville. So stuff's moving, stuff's going good. We're excited. We're gonna get a win Friday night against Memphis. Ooh. A win Saturday against Tennessee. Kick the shit out of them. Right. Hypo will probably cry, and he'll look even fatter and uglier than he really is. Wow! Oh my God! And we're gonna move Hot on. Mike, ten and two. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Hot
0: Mike with SSJ. Andrew Jones will be back again for another episode. That's Jared Sutton for Tony Temple and for Brock Christopher. Thank you to Jay Rigger and company. Thank you, Distillery. Jay thank Way you. to go, Jay Rigger. This Six place is columns, awesome, baby. Let's go this place until is awesome. next episode. The microphone, thank God, is off.